0: and frothy is round 11 review show full full team back on deck this week barney ollie as always and the gumps back from his uh month-long hiatus not much has happened in the world of rugby league since you've been
1: gone gumpy nah not a lot how you traveling? yeah not too bad bit fluey and had the had the boot on my foot for a little while with a, a small fracture to the ankle but you know living the dream living the dream what else can you you do? I do I do want to before we start. I want to actually apologise to the Cowboys and the Broncos because they are the real deal, and I we all hammered the Cowboys, yep. and I know that I hammered the Broncos a couple of times. And look, they've proven proven me wrong, and I'm happy to eat some humble pie and sort of apologise to those teams, and you know congratulate them on how well they're going. So you know, world well under both of those teams. Yeah, flying Oliver. How was your weekend?
2: uh yeah it was pretty good hung out at the club trev studio friday night then a, a lovely barbecue cooked by the fearless leader on sunday we had some nice meats it was very good so i may say very evil I hold our pass on
0: barney
3: <laughs> yeah mate um one of our mates, Overs, came down from Harvey Bay over the weekend. I got to catch up with him on Saturday night, which was pretty nice. Um, friend of the show. A few and a good chat. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was um good weekend. The, the standard of footy seemed to be a little bit better this week, considering what was dished up in a few of the games at Magic Round. But um, I thought overall it was a pretty, pretty good, t- um, tough weekend of footy, really. But, um, yes, sorry I didn't make it on Sunday, mate.
0: No, that's right. It was only a, only a last-minute thing. Otherwise, uh, but we'll do one where we can invite Gumpy too. That'd be nice. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, anyway, we will... How are you trekking, bud? Yeah, good. Good as God. Just, um, yes, oh. living the same dreams as, as everyone else. <laughs> we'll talk off air. Uh, no, it's um, not all good. Enjoy <laughs> the footy. Kids are good. It's wet. Won't stop fucking raining. But apart from that, it's, um, yeah, everything's good. It feels I've like it's them. rained
3: for three months, eh? though It's because it fucking has. Hell.
0: But... um No, I don't the the standard was high. I suppose, yeah, the the standard probably was higher, all by a few teams. So, you know, we'll review each Just a fraction, yeah. Um, Given uh, I came into the round expecting it to be a big pile of turd, it was slightly better. So, yeah, maybe it did overperform. A bit of club news. Herbie Farnsworth re-signed for a year with the Broncos and Jack Bird's re-signed for two with the Dragons. They were the two latest free agents being uh, mentioned. Matt Lodge has left the Warriors effective immediately, no word on where. I think I've heard rumors Manly, but don't know if anyone else has any more intel on that one.
3: I haven't heard a thing, to be honest, but that wouldn't be a bad pickup for Manley. They need a bit of go forward in the middle. Uh
0: Dynamus Louie has joined the Warriors as a result, effective immediately. And Thomas McCailey's been released immediately to free up a roster spot at the Tigers and he's going to is it Warrington, Ollie? Yeah. i is one of the ones over there. Uh Judiciary News, everyone just got fined. So, uh, out of all that, nothing happened there. Would uh would JWH get fined, Gump? Uh two and a half grand fine if he could So Um, there we go. Injury news. Well, Tommy Turbo out for the years, the big one. You can probably all if we hadn't already we can all pen manly now. Uh some concern over Jackson Hastings, but nothing out of that. And some uh, mention that Cam Murray might even be back this week. Just, um, just to make me happy, but um, no other big injury news that I've missed. No, I don't good rate. Um,
3: I'm surprised. I look at how got off without getting a week, to be honest, for that crusher. That was one of the worst ones I've seen for a while.
1: Yeah, it yeah. was, wasn't good. Was it? It didn't look great. I'm surprised about that one. Yeah, well,
0: we were, what's the point in trying to apply logic to it? Let's just move on. Um, now it's we haven't seen you for about three or four weeks, Gumpy. A bit's happened at Bulldogs headquarters. The coach is gone. Potter's is out to the end of the year. Do you want to give us a bit of a take on where it all sits at the moment?
1: Oh, look, it's a disaster, really. It's a, it's a nightmare for for the Bulldogs, and the performances really aren't getting too much better, but I don't know what the expectation was with Mick Potter being the coach for a day and a half before they played. Um, Mm -hmm. They got towed up in magic round. Then they went to training Monday and got sent home to Wednesday and they played Friday. So um, as a supporter, I don't know that I expected. I actually expected they'd probably be better than I expected because I thought when it was 18-16, There are a couple of decisions that change the momentum of the game that probably shouldn't have been made. But anyway, that's Tigers with a better team. Look, I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. They've got a lot of blokes that are signed for one year. They've probably just got to cut ties with them. Um, I'd probably cut some of them now, like a dufty, and play him in reserve. grade. seems like they are. And and play Adokar at fullback if he's fit. And leave Karaz on the wing. He, He seems like a likely player bring Alamotti into the team um, you know maybe do the kids they're going to keep play them this season's gone and, and the people they're not going to keep don't play them and then I don't know and try and work it out from there as for the coach going forward look he's saying everybody from the Walkers to Flanagan to Michael Maguire so, so everybody who's anybody's been sort of linked with the club would you have a preference, or, or, or someone would Look, suit I, the Bulldog? I think I don't know that Flanagan works with Kyle being there. It's all right, Ivan Cleary coaching Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary is the best player. He's not going to have to drop him, but when you've got somebody like Kyle Flanagan, who, let's be honest, is probably the fourteenth, fifteenth, or sixteenth best halfback in the competition, how does a father drop his son from the team. Like, I don't think I could drop my son if I was the, the coach. Um, Brad Arthur's had similar issues at Parramatta bringing Jacob in and then he the he had to put him out of the team and he, I suppose he's done the right thing by the team. Look, I, I don't know. <laughs> like they, they say people like Paul Green and Maguire and, and blokes like that, but their teams didn't seem to like them. the end either the players didn't get on with those blokes I think that they've just got to maybe change the playing roster and just have blokes that aren't going to whinge about the coach and just play and play with some effort and run hard and tackle hard because even out of the 16 team the Bulldogs are the 16th team because they put in the least amount of effort like people say they're trying hard but are they like are they running harder than the team they play against any week no. That you've watched, there's the been 11 rounds, and the so. Bulldogs ran
0: harder oh. than any team oh, then, they've played Oh, 100% years. they did for about 12 minutes last week, and then
1: that was it. And then it Correct. was
0: literally like the petrol gauge just went.
1: So that's what I mean. Like, you look, at, and, and it's silly to compare the Bulldogs to a team like Penrith, but let's even compare them to, oh, I don't know, St. George. They're, they're, they're similar standard. St. George run harder. Consistently and tackle harder than the Bulldogs do. So it, it, it's is it effort? Is it fitness? It's probably everything. They're a basket case, and you know if this will take a long time to fix. Like Marnie and Kickout and that going there, they might be better. But look, I don't hold too much.
2: Well, just on um just on the Bulldogs coaching predicament, Gump. Um, England's head coach Sean Wayne's currently over in Australia, reportedly, to try and poach a few Aussies for England later this year. But in an interview he did with the Daily Telegraph, he's actually confirmed that he has a meeting with Gus Gould. W- what about? Um, he hasn't said. I'm actually a bit surprised that he actually said he's got a meeting with Phil Gould. He has been linked, well it's been reported that he wants a crack at an NRL job at some point in the future. So uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I don't know too much about the bloke. But I know he's won a well,
1: but, but out of all the people that they've thrown up, why wouldn't the Bulldogs get the Walkers? It's something well, to be different. What they've done yeah. for the last five or six years hasn't worked. Yeah. So get something The only reason I
0: can think that is because when you think about classic Bulldogs teams, they're the you know the grinding, blah 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 boring teams, and that two outside the box. But I've said how long have I, I've said as long as we're on a show, someone should try the Walkers because one of these bottom teams should have a crack. Because what do you well, got That's what do? I mean. They're,
1: they're, yeah. they're, it, it's shit or bust for them. Yeah. So what, you get Madge Maguire or Flanagan and they're just going to get them to defend and run block plays and whatnot. And they're not a good enough team yeah, to, to do that. They don't. So they've got to do something and offer something a little bit different. So maybe somebody like them or I don't know, it's a big job. Like it's a big job. Like I wouldn't. Like an assistant's not going to take it. It's a poison chalice. You, yeah. you. two years, like any if – if an assistant takes it, they're done.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, if you're Mick Potter right now, I know it sounds stupid, but what's the point in doing much really? Like the interim coach, if I was him, I'd just sit there for the whole year because they're not going to get that much better. There's not that much he's going to be able to do with them. And a lot of it, as you brought up, Gump was effort – I, I definitely don't think for the rest of the year consistently by any means he's the guy to get that consistent effort out of them. Just on the Walker br- brothers, though, the, the one thing that's sort of – I don't know. I have a bit of a weird thing about the Walker brothers because they get talked up a lot, but
0: – Are they still coaching? They it, that
2: I was getting, north, look, they... Well, I think they're still coaching Ipswich, and the thing yeah. is Ipswich haven't exactly been winning the Q Cup every year. I think they've only made the finals half the time. So it's not like – it's sort of a reputation based off of a unique playing style, not necessarily a reputation based off of success, which, again, it's sort of a bit of a risky thing, a a bit less of a risk for the teams lower down on the table like the Bulldogs, like you might as well have a crack. But I don't know. It's just – I guess the resume so far, for me personally, I'm I'm not exactly jumping up and down saying the Walkers need a crack in the NRL. I don't know.
1: I agree. I 100% agree. I was just trying to think someone outside the box. You know what? Even somebody that, that I thought of the other day was someone like a Jeff Toovey. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, I'm
3: surprised he, he doesn't get mentioned anymore. That he's, a, you. That
1: he's you know, a hard-ass. I think he'd be the type that would say, well, if you don't like me, fuck off and we've got a job to do and this is what we're going to do. So somebody like that who, look, he doesn't really have too much baggage. He coached Manly and, you know, they went okay when he was there. So he doesn't have too much baggage to bring with him in terms of that. Someone even like it. Yeah. Like a Jeff Toovey, maybe someone like that. I, who knows? I'm tipping that they'll probably have 20 or 30 CVs to look at.
0: There'll be 30 and they'll end up going with either green or Flanagan. Well, well then again, that's what, that's what clubs do and boring boards just go, oh, we need the bloke that's a first grade coach. Yeah. Or, and the more I think about the more I think this is actually a live possibility. And I'm neutral and I'm not saying it's for better, or worse, or otherwise. But maybe they are talking to imagine maybe Flanagan, the Tigers are waiting for Flanagan at the end of the year. Well. And again, for either party, maybe it's best for both, maybe it's best for neither. But maybe that's the more likely scenario given
1: nothing else yeah. being said. Well, could well be the case. So, but in the end, it'll be who Gus wants anyway. So, your... About the CVs. That's what worries me. That someone like Freddie Fitler or whatever, like their good mates, does. When Origin's finished, does he say, when New South Wales get beat this year in the series? Yeah. Um, you know, does he get the punt and
0: yeah? So, because yeah, he's been non-committal, Freddie, he's very. Yeah, very generic. The
3: other day, I think he, he probably wants another one or two series and become the most winning coach in Origin, realistically, and then he can just go back to Channel Nine. But just on your Mick Potter um, comment, I what does he gain from sitting there doing nothing? Like the bloke, nobody's beaten down I his door yeah. for a job. So d- yeah. realistically, he has to change the attitude, and he really needs to have an imprint on the way that they play football if he's looking to get a, another NRL oh, top job. I agree with you, Barn. So,
0: he, he, has, really me, I think he
3: has to um, get them to play a more attacking style of football, but yeah, we'll see what
0: but happens. Is he going to hide in if they win eight of the next? say they win eight games from here on, mm-hmm. does he get a big oh, he tick get he get a job?
3: To, yeah. No, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't. But hurt it, his at least in the next couple right. of years, picking up it, someone it, like Saint George or, or the Warriors, does um, get a job Warriors at another club. Yeah,
1: he's the same as Todd Payton the year that he took over at the Warriors, and he did a good job, and they won more than they lost when he took over. They offered him a job and the Cowboys offered him a job. Well, now the proof's in the pudding as to whether Todd Payton can coach a footy team, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it, it hasn't taken him I was the other day.
0: But he, he had reps on him at, when he was at the Tigers as a coach.
1: That's right. Yeah. So he didn't do much last year, but it takes longer than 12 months as it's shown with Todd Payton to build a footy team. Yeah. Anything more to be said about this?
3: No. I think so. We, we had our say last week yeah, and a lot of it lot goes of it. along the lines of what Gumpy said, I think. Um, they realistically just have to cut it and the kids have to start playing, uh, try and get rid of the dead wood now, shift a few blokes on or put them back to reserve grade because if they don't start making some sort of progress over the next six months, what, what's it all for to go backwards? I agree. Get get um, 10 games under
0: Alimony's belt, get Karaz a dozen games and you just get them ready for next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's happened because they obviously let Naden go. It sounds like they're going to let to go pretty soon, uh, and Dufty. Um, it seems might be heading the same way. So maybe it is going to happen. And it's exciting. It's it's a whole lot of new talent to look at. So um, yeah. it gives you some hope. Anyway, um, speaking of state of origin, we will dissect. We'll uh, on Wednesday night run over our selec- our far too early selections when the teams come out next weekend next Sunday. So we'll give our thoughts on that, but we'll save that to the preview show. Uh, now with the news, boys. We might as well get straight into the review. Yep. yep. Kicked off on Friday night with the Broncos, 36. <laughs> uh, not bad against, a, well, I'd say good, against a plucky Newcastle team that were in the battle for a long time. Barney, what do the stats say? And then you can open a batting today, Ollie.
3: Here we had two tries to six. Two out of two conversions played five out of six for Brisbane and one out of one penalty attempts. 76% completion by Newcastle, 71% by the Broncos. 30 out of 39 sets played 27 out of 38. Three line breaks for the Knights, 10 for Brisbane. 15 tackle busts to 46. 17 offloads to 13. Two forced dropouts to one. 0 40 20s, 366 tackles, played 305 by Brisbane. One ruck infringement from both teams. Two inside the 10s against Newcastle. Five penalties conceded to seven. 12 errors from both teams. Lachlan Fitzgibbon made 46 tackles. And I've written down someone who made 44, but... Didn't, oh, I know where they made 44, Carrigan. but I don't know who it was. <laughs> there you it's go, Carrigan. Carrigan. Ponga with 179 metres. Cobo with 224. Clune missed six tackles, made 22. Gagai and Milford both missed five tackles and made 15. Supercoach Cobbo with 131 Supercoach points. Ricky with 96. And then two other Broncos before you get down to tyson Brazil on 78.
2: It's sort of a, I guess, a common reflection or a common theme of what we see with lower table teams going up against the more quality sides where the lower table team usually is in the game for a fair bit, but... Uh, whether it's down to effort, like um, Gump brings up, whether it's down to I don't know, fitness as well. Uh, it always just seems to fall away. I think that was reflective in this one because I think Brisbane really won this one on their edges, at least in attack. Um, defensively, you bring up the likes of Carrigan. He was amazing. For Newcastle, I thought their Fords were at least sort of sticking with them for a while, and I think – When they started the drop-off, it allowed Brisbane to sort of get that ball out wide, uh, get the running metres up for some players. I'm going to bring him up first because I do every week. So one cobbo once again, going to another level. Payne Haas as well. I thought for someone who for so long we've been going on about every single week, uh, the clear standout. Um, The past couple of weeks, not really. But this week, I think definitely probably got back to close to Brisbane's best player, possibly best player in the field, but he's always going to be in that discussion. But I think overall, yeah, really, it was won by Brisbane's edges in attack. And again, whether it's it's probably a a mixture of a few things for Newcastle. There's still huge problems at this club. And a quality football side took advantage of it in the end when they saw weakness.
0: I thought, um, well, just you mentioned the edges. The two Brisbane wingers had more tackle busts than the entire Newcastle team. Uh, they had nine each. There, that sums it up pretty. well. talk about career renaissances. Corey Oates is is flying. Yeah. Yep. It's flying. Um, making big meters, scoring tries, showing some pace on occasion. Uh, and then you know, like we've talked about the the um strike centres as well. But they looked a little bit. Oh, they missed. They missed their rudder for the first half an hour. It was pretty clear. I thought Brisbane, they um Ezra Malm was trying a bit too hard. Uh kicking for himself. Do, once he calmed down in the second half, he looked much more dangerous. And I'd be very excited to see him actually play outside Reynolds because he could, he could tear teams apart if he was the Jerome Luay to a... if he was the sort of Luay to a Cleary in this team. Uh, big, strong, nice, short-kicking game, at least from what we saw. Uh, Carrigan, I like Carrigan's... It was very clear he was just playing tag team partners with Haas. He'd either take the hit up or try and put Haas into... Um, or feed the ball onto Haas, uh, and they were obviously a very good one-two punch and will be very good in Orange. Uh, No, he won't because Haas plays for us. Uh, Disregard that comment. (laughs) Um, And they had able support. Ricky was good again, and um, Jensen was good at times again as well. Uh, I thought if they have Reynolds, they probably do win by 50. It's pretty simple. Newcastle, for the first half, were good. It was Ponga's best, as good as Ponga's looked for a while. Um, he still doesn't like getting hit. The one, the ball he fumbled was because he was clearly like looking over his shoulder, trying not to um, get smashed from behind or whatever. So he does have a little butt uh, in attack. He looked good at times, and I've got to wrap Anthony Milford. He was his most dangerous player I thought for a lot of the game, yeah. he, especially um, that first half. An hour, first yeah. half, and they concentrated purely on what Barney's spoken about. It is kicking behind the Brisbane edges and exposing them, and it, and it was paying dividends for a lot of this game. And it wasn't until Brisbane uh, started asserting themselves and just came out second half and decided just steamrolling The the game was really put to bed, but um, Knights were who they are. There was a better performance than they have shown last few weeks And Brisbane are very good. What do you make of it, Barn? Yeah,
3: I thought it was a much better performance out of Newcastle, especially for that first hour or so. They were definitely in the game and if they had one or two more points of attack, they'd probably win it Um, or at least stay in it until the last five minutes or so, because... Milford did add a, an extra little bit to, to their attack, especially for that first half an hour, but he ran out of gas after the first half and was um, oh yeah, barely was, sighted in yeah, the second and half. And he was um, um, twice the size as he went out last year. So <laughs> gay guys still a little bit behind the mark coming back from injury, but, um, and then, you know, dislocations of Bradman Best's elbow doesn't help, and then they had another couple of injuries here and there. I thought Frizzell was tremendous coming back again. Um, he's played a lot of Good football this year, and um wouldn't be surprised to see him get a get a call up into that New South Wales team in a in a week's time. Um, I think he's been really good. I thought Newcastle were as good as the Brisbane forward pack for at least the first half an hour, and then Brisbane sort of took control there through the middle, as you mentioned with Carrigan and Haas. Flegler again had a big impact off oh. the bench. He's only playing 30, 40 minutes, but he's making an impact when he gets out there. Um, that little short pass for fucking, um, Ponga to run through the middle, that, that was really nice football to watch off um, the young fella Croker. But it was that first 10 minutes of the second half, Newcastle come out looking really flat. And there was that soft try with a short ball for Ricky to score and just sort of edge him in front there. And then they never seemed to sort of get back into the game. Um, that that bullshit. Let's put it frankly, that bullshit fucking obstruction call, that was downright lies. There's no way that won't pass the ball before he's run around his own player. And it leads to a break, which leads directly to a try in the next 60 seconds. Uh, that's when the game blew open. That's when Brisbane got their tails up. Newcastle seemed to put their head down. And then Newcastle's defence just fell apart in that last 20 minutes. They were falling off one-on-one tackles. They were getting in all completely unorganised and all out of position. Brisbane at one stage, I think, threw about 20 passes in one tackle and ended up scoring in the corner. Went from one side of the field back to the other and nobody nobody shut it down. Nobody got out of there. And did anything else? Um, Newcastle starting pack was pretty strong, Zell and Clemmer, and Barnett as well, having an impact. Barnett's good actually, yeah, he was. It's two weeks in a row since he's come back as well. Where I think he's um, he's got a point to prove with what happened. Um, But their outside backs have have struggled. They don't they don't get enough good ball. They don't get any real opportunities to make an impact. Um, The Broncos forwards are great. Hass Carrigan. I thought Carrigan probably just shaded Hass in this one, and he has for probably the last two weeks. Ricky had an impact, which he sort of does every couple of weeks. He seems to um, hit those holes really well. So I already mentioned F- Flegler. I thought Gamble and Mann were really good just on the edges of the ruck. They seem to concentrate most of their attack just outside the um, outside of the, the markers and running at the 80 defender, and then with short balls either in between the half and the 80 defender, or just on the outside to the centers. And they, they cause a lot of problems there. There's a bit of luck in that man um, first try assist, but um, he, he did attempt to throw that backwards. So, yeah, the, Brisbane really made an impact on the edges of Newcastle's ruck, and I think that's where they won the game.
1: Jumby? Yeah, look, not much to add. I thought um, Pat Carrigan was amazing. Like, he was the best player on the field. Um, outstripped Payne-Hash this week, and it's the week that I think we can say that Selwyn Cobbo became a star. Like he always had that potential, but his game was um, excellent. Bringing the balls, he was bringing balls back out of yardage this week, and that's what you want from your wingers now—the big body and running hard. And and I I saw a lot more of of Cobo bringing balls, tough balls out of yardage for them, and that's what you want your wingers to do now. And he's an athlete; yeah, he two can weeks do in those types of things.
3: I think. Yeah.
1: But the the one thing that I sort of took out of the game was, and the same with the Cowboys, is just how valuable it is to have, and even though Adam Reynolds didn't play, six months ago or this time last year, would we have thought that Tyson Gamble could run a footy team? Could we that so in terms of that, even what Adam Reynolds, I'm sure, has brought to the team in terms of just knowledge and what he's he's passing on to other people in the team. And I don't think Tyson Gamble could probably run the team every week, but Tyson Gamble has learned enough from Adam Reynolds to effectively run a football team. Like Tyson Gamble looked like he's a, he's, a, he's a first grade footballer, but he looked quite good in just the organization of the team. Cause Ezra man didn't run the team. Definitely the, the kid. So Tyson Gamble did it. And like, I didn't think it was something that he was capable of. So I, it just goes to show you how important to have a quality seven and the Cowboys are the same at the moment with Chad Townsend who, you know, people have their opinions about, but, that that's the thing, the big difference. And I know that they're confident and they're, they're winning games, but Brisbane for part of that game were great. We said Newcastle were in it for most of the game last year, Newcastle win that game against Brisbane and win it easily because Brisbane fall apart yeah. and they don't manage the game properly. So it was the way that in which they managed the game and iced the game at the end, that was, I thought was really impressive. For yeah, the kicking game was
3: very impressive, actually. Out of Gamble, there were some really good pinpoint bombs into the corners, and um, yeah, so
1: just the way that the, the game was his... managed, it was yeah. it was very Adam Reynolds like, not as good as Adam yeah. Reynolds, obviously, but you can see that he's given them a game plan, he's, he's shown them the direction an and shown
0: them what they need to do. And this yeah. is the value of the player, like you said, it's not just what Reynolds brings himself, it's what he brings to him, it's what. Uh, Townsend's bought to Dearden. It's what uh, Nico. Not so much. You can even argue. You know, Hastings has got the best out of Brooks for fifteen minutes well, once upon a, a time. So it was, there a, yeah, it's yeah. just that
1: the Tigers' results aren't as good yeah, as the other two teams. They're yet. playing but better he's football. Bringing the same. Yeah, as he's a result. The same. If
0: you're going to say there's a halfback, the a difference halfback makes.
1: And and I, I guess the, the advantage that Townsend and Reynolds have got is that they've got. Quite a few good young players around, them, whereas the Tigers probably don't have as many quality players around them than they do at the Bro- like the Broncos have still got Stags and Hass and Carrigan and Flegler and Cobbo yeah. and Farnworth yeah. and Tessie New when he plays and Ezra. so there's a lot of names, the same as the Cowboys with Nanai and Lukey and Griffin Neem and Tom Gilbert, so they you know there's more around them, and oh, all absolutely. they needed was that one guy.
3: They've got 10 years experience as well of having a football team on their back. They've had to do it for 10 years. They've had the pressure. They've had all the rest of it and they know how it works now. So, That's right. So that's what was
1: one of my biggest takeaways from the game. But yeah, you you guys summed it up pretty well.
0: It just, you just quickly touched on um, the bench. I probably with three just because of how it was at times.
3: Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to touch
0: out. on their bench. Their bench has been fantastic and you, you, you briefly touched on it, but we talk about how good Penrith's bench is a lot. How, like there's some teams that just don't have a bench and it makes a difference. At the back end of this game, it made well, a difference. Newcastle
1: doesn't have one. That's well, a and that one. was the difference in the game. Well, it's someone we did mention that Kobe Hetherington off was, the bench yeah, tremendous. brings you the same every week. Yeah. He runs yeah. hard, he tackles hard and he, he's, he's good off the bench. You don't have any reservations taken off one of your players to bring him on. And same as what, some like, of the coaches, I reckon shit himself when they've got to take somebody off because they need a break and they think, oh, oh who absolutely. have I got to put on? And, oh, it's crisp potato or it's <laughs> – it's, you know, or, you know, and they don't really want to put them on, but they've got no choice but to if put them on. Somebody
3: needs a rest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So – but I, they don't have that issue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you were going to say three-point Selwyn, were you there? Take. I
3: did, mate. Yeah, I just thought um, the way that – when they needed points, he was the one that provided them um, – he was always sniffing around. He made good meters as well out of the backfield, which Gumpy mentioned. He didn't miss it. Didn't miss his job at all in defence. I know he only made five tackles or something, but he, he was pretty strong there as well. So, I gave Selwyn the three. I gave Kerrigan two, and then it was I had a toss up between Ezra Mam well, or Gamble for the one point. You could probably even throw in Stags, who was um, pretty good with the ball in hand. But I can give it to Gamble. I think.
1: I think. Yeah, I gave Gamble. I think he did what we didn't think he was really capable of. So,
0: yep. man, But Ma'am, 100% grew into that game. Um, oh, absolutely.
1: Did, yeah.
0: he, he. Oh, he's a first, he's an MRL. Oh, for sure, 100%, for sure. 100%. Friday night kicked off 36-22. Tigers over the Dogs. Barn, what do the stats say?
3: We had seven tries to four. Four out of seven conversions played three out of four. 94% completion for the Tigers, which would have made you happy. 78% for the Dogs. 37 out of 39 sets played 26 out of 33. 170 post-contact metres plus for the Tigers. Seven line breaks to five. 31 tackle busts to 30. Seven offloads for both teams. A forced dropout from both teams. 303 tackles made by the Tigers. 383 made by the Dogs. One ruck infringement and one inside the 10 against the Tigers. Four penalties conceded to 11. Two errors to eight. A sin bin from both teams. Little with 37 tackles. Jackson with 48. Offa Hingawi with 160 metres. Tabita Pengui Jr. with 140. Little missed six tackles, made 37. Peachy missed four and made nine. Uh, Young Shop missed four tackles, made eight. Uh, Mamalo with 96 supercoach points. Jeremy Marshall King with 88. And Offa Hingawi with 88. You can have first crack up?
1: Yeah, look... <laughs> It was, it was bittersweet for me in terms of that. Look, I thought the Tigers in patches were, were really good and like a bottom four team, I guess they, you know, fell asleep for periods of the game and sort of weren't there. Um, yeah, Jackson Hastings was the orchestrator of all things that the, the Tigers did were good. Um, Madden was really good as well. I think that you know, he, it was probably the best game that, that individually that, that Madden's had for the Tigers as well. Um, Alex Twal, I thought, was was really good. And you know what you're getting from him. I, I hope he scores a try soon because it's um, get that <laughs> monkey off his back and, and get, get the poor bloke a try. Um, I don't think it probably bothers him too much as long as he's, he's performing well. Um, look, I think it makes it really difficult for teams when it's an 11-4 penalty count against you. Most of the penalties were poor discipline from the Bulldogs. So I'm not even going to say that, that old Ziggy sort of gave them a caning. I think most of the penalties were warranted. Um, I was really disappointed at the time of the game where Aaron Shop did what he did. I think the Bulldogs had got back to 18-16 there and then, you know, didn't need to lift him in the tackle, you know, just tackling, put him on the ground, was tackle four, then the Tigers go and they score a couple of tries with him in the bin and the game's over. I think that's the turning point in the match that, you know, he makes that tackle. They kick downfield 18-16. I think the Bulldogs probably nearly win. If Shop stays on the field, they had the momentum and, and, and probably nearly get the job done. To, to Peter Pangai Jr., I thought was was pretty good. For the Bulldogs, I thought Matt Burton, again, with, you know, since he's the only point of attack, it just makes it really difficult for him to sort of get anything done. Uh, I like Carraz, the winger. He's played twice now and he, he's, you know, made good yardage as, as a winger. um they've got to, it seems they,
0: like Gus likes him too. Gus. Yeah, is the they've,
1: they've got to get rid of Ockenbohr. I know that I'm, I'm <laughs> on his case, but he does nothing out of yardage even like it's like he's sort running on feathers body, yeah. or something. When he runs, he's like tiptoes and like, he's I don't know, like have a go well, big fella. But,
0: yeah. I just, sorry, just looking now. So he was probably the biggest backline player on the field. He ran 50 meters.
1: Yeah. You, you know, you, you've got to have a go in terms of that. Um, Look, the Bulldogs forwards I don't think were overplayed. Look, I'm not a Luke Thompson fan, and he, he continues to, like, underwhelm in terms of that. Like, he might do a few carries and make a few tackles, but nothing's done at pace with him. It's all, you know, the Bulldogs just, they look slow. And, like, the workout of Dummy Half, I thought Marshall King had a decent game, but you count the amount of seconds from the time that Marshall King picks it up and passes it, and it's a long, long time. And then often the pass is not great. Um, mm. You know, just pass the ball, champ, straight away and some early ball. And, you know, Reed Marnie makes a difference next year. But again, if Marshall King's not the answer going forward, give someone else a go because obviously he's not. They've signed somebody else. So I don't know. Keep, throw a kid in give him some experience you might need him down the track who knows but i thought it yeah.
3: was one of his best games he's ever played to be honest but his well, service does lack yeah he, i can't look, I will, will he had a good
1: game out of dummy half i agree but it's just so slow when he doesn't run the service is no good and the runs, first time but... he's run
3: as much as he did he has in yeah, a while i think that's right. was effective so if, but
1: yeah the four times he runs are effective <laughs> but the Hundred and or the two hundred and fifty times he passes the ball, none <laughs> of those so are much good. <laughs> Very cool. <So>
3: Very cool. <laughs>
1: that yeah, I think he costs you more than he he, he gains you. But anyway, that's you know my takeaway. I don't think they'll win too many more games. So yeah, how Tevita
0: Pengo can play those sort of ten minutes straight after half time and blow the game wide open, and then have his petrol gauge hit empty within five minutes later, and just disappear. Well, they're not again. fit, Gaggy. Well, it's, it's, blat- fit. it's blatantly obvious. We saw it at Magic. We, we mentioned it at Magic fit. Round, but um, he, he, he was the best player in the NRL for 10 minutes there. He looked like a wrecking ball, and then he just goes and lies down a bit, and that was it. Um,
3: well, it was but, about 10 minutes into the game, wasn't it, at Magic Round, and when five of them were in the defensive line. Yeah, just wandering around. <laughs> the, the opposition and and defensive huffing. line.
1: Oh, that was a disgrace. Yeah. yeah. But, mm. I've,
0: um, they, but beyond that, I, I actually agree with you because I think if Shoop stays in the field, they had the momentum. If they'd scored next, Tigers wouldn't have come back. Uh, uh, luckily, I guess for my own sanity, they didn't. And, um, we went on to win the game, but uh, it was all built around Jackson Hastings. He was tremendous as he has been every game. He's just, uh, you weren't here last week, Gump. I don't know if you listened to the show. Um, I probably wouldn't, but, um... If I was a, on the Tigers, if I was a Tigers board, I'd be signing him to a five year deal and putting him in charge of the team. But it's um, beyond that. He made Jock well, Jock Madden came of age as a first grader. He looked really good. A lot of his kicking was good. He ran at the right times when for most of the game. Uh, and I was excited about him last year. And realistically, looks like he's going to be leaving the club, which is uh, which is sad. But we'll see how that plans out because um, I thought he showed enough there. Uh, Kenny was good, uh, and Luke Garner is going to be a fantastic pick-up for Penrith, put him in that Penrith side, he's going to score a try every week, You um, can hit a hole, he he obviously um, has been flapping about in the centres lately, and doing a decent job, but um, he's going to be very good for Penrith, uh, and you mentioned Twile, and I just want to give a wrap, I was I was really happy for New Brown, because after what he's been through, and the issues, I know he's been carving up reserve grade this year, and um, good debut, I'd, I'd, I'm sure he'll be there again this week, and uh, he'll do the same again this week so It'd have just, to be <laughs>
3: he'd add a little drop bit. Him
0: on that uh, he, he had something to the bench um, so that's good barn what do you make of the game
3: um yeah very similar to you guys I thought it was pretty messy and confusing there for um different parts of the game um Tigers got off to a red hot, hot start obviously dominating pretty much the entire first half uh they'll play they seem to be playing with at a different speed than the Bulldogs, especially in that first sort of twenty to thirty minutes um Every time they when they had the ball in hand, they were they were really quick in and around the ruck. This um, already mentioned Hastings, but it's to me it's more about the way he engages defenders. He doesn't just sort of run that cross field float across the field. He he circles around and straightens up and digs into the line, and then he it just gives the people outside him so much more time to do their work. Like um, Hastings, you, know, you notice Jock Madden sat that little bit deeper. Hastings has run around, bring in two defenders and then give him the ball and he's got half a gap to run at. So when once you start running at a gap to begin with, then your players on your outside can just sort of fill into the next gap and the next gap and it just makes the defensive, pulls the defensive line apart. Um, Yeah, Gumpy mentioned that Young Madden had his best game, I think, in first grade in this one. Um, Stafford Tower chimed in quite nicely at times at the fullback and looks like um, when well, even when Laurie comes back, he probably got a spot somewhere in the centre. I was going to say, um, yeah, I'm excited for Laurie job. to come back
0: because he yeah. couldn't be a damaging... For a bloke that I had zero opinion of coming from Newcastle... At Newcastle, yeah, um, absolutely.
3: I had a similar opinion. He,
0: he <laughs> He's a damaging ball player.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely he was. And they provided heaps of points, especially in that first half. Um it's funny what happens when your best forward decides to run fucking off the back fence for 10 or 15 minutes, isn't Amazing. it? So when when he wound up and ran back on that, you know, that angle where he offloads back to Burton for that try, that was some of the best football of the weekend, as you mentioned. And he made an impact. He, he, you could just see in his eye a different type of determination for that 10 or 15 minute period where he wanted to make something happen and he did it. And he did it with ease at different points as well. So... Why you can't see at least... If you can get 40 minutes of he, of that out of him every week, you're flying. You know, you just need a couple of bit players to go along with him and you, you're absolutely fucking flying. But Caraz, um, we already mentioned, I thought he was really strong again in his second game. He's really light on his feet. I like the way he moves and um, he's got a pretty decent frame on him as well. So he's going to fill out to be a pretty um, strong attacking player, I would imagine. Um, shoot was okay, but a few errors and, the, and obviously the sin bin. I thought... Jackson, um, Jackson and T-P- Tavita Penguin were the best of their forwards. Jeremy Marshall King, when he was running, as I mentioned earlier, I thought it was quite good and um, caused a few problems for the Tigers' defence. But yeah, it was it was the Hastings show again. He just sets them up where they need to be. You mentioned Garner and um, Brown as well. Brown, I thought, was fantastic. Took a couple of opportunities there. He added a bit of pace to the the Tigers' attack when they did seem to sort of drop off and slow down a little bit. But don't have
0: a lot more. Well, to add there. Again, back to bench players, but he's actually a bench player with a change-up speed. Like I, I, I love no no one loves Alex Twale more than me, but he's a he's the old <laughs> faithful tractor. And Absolutely. And you need something a bit more than that off the bench as well. So it's, you know, interesting. Ollie, you got something to add here.
2: I'd say probably the biggest takeaway I had from this game, at least for the Bulldogs, there's obviously so many problems with that team. But I think overall, um, the worst of which in this game in particular, you guys brought up um, Aaron sin Sinbin, which I guess was the culmination. But I thought the biggest thing that let the Bulldogs down in this game was discipline, to be honest. There were multiple occasions where the momentum was sort of swinging their way, but then it would just be a dumb decision um, that a giveaway a penalty or just... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say brain snap, but just poor decision-making that led to the this ill ill discipline that sort of um, snuffed out the momentum that the Bulldogs had on multiple occasions and then it sort of hit a crescendo when um, Aaron shot was Sinbin. bin. So I think one of the key issues for the Bulldogs heading into this week and something that uh, Mick Potter or Gus will uh, need to sort of work out with them is that discipline and actually having a bit of a call cool ahead
3: I'm not. I think just a lot of it comes from their play. defensive structure. They seem yeah. to get lost and not know where they are, and then they get frustrated because they're missing tackles or they're just not lining up properly on the defense. And yeah, someone tries to put a shot on or do something to inspire someone, and it just seems to go wrong. But um, I've I've questioned their defensive structure basically since Barrett got there, and I don't think he did anything to fix it. So I think the guys are getting pretty pissed off with it, to be honest.
1: Well, they're they're not they're not good enough to give away eleven penalties. No.
3: no against anyone.
1: So they've given them away against the 15th team that they played. They're not good enough to give away 11 penalties and win. That's, that's yep. simple. And you're right, Ollie. that, as I said before, and I'm a harsh critic on the rest, but I didn't really see any that I said, oh, gee, that wasn't really a penalty. Like, you know, there were a couple of nitpicky ones, but they're all just through poor discipline. And
0: then, and you, like you said, that, um, you compound that with... And I think for the last month has been similar. Um, Tigers 90-plus percent completion rate. You can't give that up. You can't add those two no. together and expect to win a game. No. Anyway, three to Hastings, two to Madden, one to either Garner, Twa, Toa, TPJ. Anyone i have missed?
3: I'll give it off and go, to be honest. Yeah. I thought he was terrific again. Him. Uh, the bloke him. doesn't get any wraps at all.
1: I've no. um, probably been probably... super coach this week. I've probably done it a bit late, but he's, he's consistent every week. He's a
3: 65-plus yeah. point player. I've
1: got him in this week. I've
3: yeah.
1: been avoiding him, and I'm thinking, He, nah. he probably makes I'm the Queensland to... team, actually.
3: I'm just going to try and pull it up here. It was 160 metres for the bloke. He, um...
1: He's not in my Queensland team, but he could make it, but he's not in mine. Was...
3: Yeah, depends 160 metres, 19 hit-ups um, Also made 29 tackles with only a couple of misses I thought he was um, he was their best forward by a fair way um, Then I had Hastings and I had Burton or uh, fanamanu brown for the one point but...
0: I'll go ahead, I think Hastings three I mean, Yeah, offer two Offer two and but... one, give one to uh, Burton or Brown Give one to Burton John um, mention mentioned to the others. Main event Friday night. Parramatta 22 scraped home against an unlucky perhaps Seagulls. 20, shall we say, Barney stats, and then you um, can lead off here, Barn.
3: Yes, we had four tries apiece. Three out of four conversions for Parramatta. Two out of four for Manly. 88% completion played 81%. 38 out of 43 sets played 26 out of 32. Four line breaks for both teams. 27 tackle busts for Parramatta. 18 for Manly, 22 offloads to seven, two forced dropouts for both sides, 340 tackles made by both teams, two ruck infringements against Manly, zero inside the tens, two penalties conceded per power nine to Manly, seven errors apiece, one sin bin from both sides, Mahoney with 42 tackles, uh, Jake Turbo with 52, Gutho with 177 metres and Garrick with 227. Moses missed four tackles, made 14, four and missed six and made 16. Garrett with 95 supercoach points, Penasini with 81, Lane with 78. Um, as you mentioned, I thought Parra were pretty lucky to get away with this one. Um, there was large stretches of this game, mainly with a better team, but just didn't seem to be able to um, capitalize on one or two opportunities there. Um don't really want to get into the, um, the calls that were made during the game. I try to stay, stay away from it. But if you go and listen to both the press conferences, I think you get a pretty good <laughs> idea of what what the coaches were upset about during the game. Um, both teams seem to have a, had a very similar problem for a large majority of this game, and that was their right-hand defence just getting stripped for numbers and getting stripped for numbers way too easy. Whether it's um, they weren't they were taking too long to slide or uh, the, the winger in the center were jamming in, and then there was just a massive hole for the wingers and centers for the opposition to run through and score a couple of quite easy tries at different times. Um there's some some pretty good nice ball playing from the halves. Uh, Brown put on a couple of nice passes as did um, as did Moses. DCE threw a couple of brilliant passes for for points and set up these outside men. I thought for in the last two weeks, his form seems to have gone backwards quite a bit um, since he signed for that club. Since he signed for for the club that shall not be named, but um, yeah, his his form's really dipped a fair bit, um, and it's, yeah, Manly are obviously struggling because of it. I thought their forwards were much better in this one with their go forward at, at least for the first half an hour. Um, the power was much better. Oluquatu is now a marked player. Um, Every time he touches the ball, there seems to be two back rowers or a back rower and a front rower steaming out of the line at him and they cut down a lot of his opportunities in this game. Um, Shut him down early before he got a chance to wind up. And he didn't have a lot of impact. I thought Walker was good off the bench for Manly. He's um he's making an impact pretty much every time he comes onto the field lately. Uh, he's playing that really good sort of mix in between 9 and 13 where he jumps in the middle and provides some good service and chimes into the back line at different times. Jake was really good again, 50-odd tackles. He works his arse yeah, off. Have you off, noticed but- he's good at tackling? He needs to be told to run the fucking ball a little bit more <laughs> instead of passing it to the. Like, seriously, you're a front row, mate. Like, just, you know, they've got Walker who can do that job. Like, just get in there and put your head down and run at some people. You're a big body and you'd be hard to stop if you had a crack. But mm. um, I thought DCE was good and Garrick and Croker were his best players by a fair way. Brown and Pennesini seemed to, it seemed to be a. Um, a definite plan to get those two more involved in this game on that um, left-hand side for, for Parramatta. And Penasini probably had his best game since he started in first grade. He um, he definitely got a lot more involved than usual. Both centres were, were pretty good for Parramatta. Opaček played extremely well, considering he sort of floats in and out of form, but thought this was one of his better games. Guthe was solid. He just does what he does, chimes in when he needs to. Um, Mahoney seemed to add so much to this attack. Um, when they were in trouble and didn't seem to know what was going on, it was the, the hooker that took over and decided to start um, setting up. He'd set up two, one or two plays, and then and basically he was telling the halves where he, where they were going to get the ball and when they were going to get the ball uh, for the different parts of this game. The back rowers were fantastic. Lane had um, one of his really good games that he seems to produce every three or four weeks. Papali was very good, but To me, Madison was the best player on the field again, which he has been for the last two or three weeks in this Parramatta side coming off the bench. So,
0: yeah. Anyway, I need before I get to Gump, the only one I'll mention was was Tommy's best game of the year until he blew his arm off. (laughs) He actually looked dangerous um, every time he had the ball, but um, not that you wouldn't expect that. But Gump, what do you take from this game?
1: Look, I want to just mention Ryan Madison there, like he's. Come on and played in the middle for Parramatta the last couple of weeks, and they've left Papali in lane on on the edges. Ryan Madison at the moment would be the first, the second middle I'd pick for New South Wales on his performances as a middle player off the bench. Um, and you've got that versatility with him that he can play an edge if if you want him to play an edge. So he could even make make it as an edge player. But New South Wales have got to find a spot in the seventeen for Ryan Madison at the moment. He's just. Going unbelievable, I, in my opinion, he's you know would be the second middle I'd pick outside Hass. He'd be the next one that I'd pick in the middle for for New South Wales. Um, yeah, Brown was good, Pennicini was good. I thought Manly were unlucky to to not win the game in the end. Um, again, another team. The penalty count, I think they can. It was ten to four against Manly, or ten to three against Manly. You probably can't win as I said, with the Bulldogs and Manly are a better team than the Bulldogs, but still probably aren't good enough to concede 10 penalties against one of the better teams and and get over the line. Um, I'm really impressed with um, Tua Pallotu on the wing. I don't think Saab gets a start for a while now. Well, I wouldn't be starting Saab over Tua Pilotu or or he might get in now because Garrick plays fullback. I don't know that when Saab comes back, maybe Garrick's at fullback and they find a spot for Saab on the wing possibly, but... If everyone was fit and healthy, I can't see Saab getting in above, above him. I, I really like him. He's a brings it out of yardage, like I said with Cobo Want what you want your wingers to be doing. He's a he's tough and he's he's strong. Um, Ola is the same. I think they need to. If Schuster's not 100% match fit, they've got to find a spot for Schuster in the team, especially now Turbo's gone, yeah. he's another point of attack for them on an edge and him on one edge and Ola Kawadu on the other edge probably takes some pressure off Ola Kawadu that they can't put two on him because they've got Schuster on the other side so um, if Foran doesn't lift his game, does Schuster go to six this year? Um, in terms of that, like if, if he's their six going forward and they're not going to contend or Foran's not going well, do they bite the bullet and put Schuster at six now. I, look, I don't know. That's a question for for Des to answer, and he's a better coach than any of us, I guess. So, um, yeah, but I thought it was a pretty good quality game. The conditions weren't great like most of the games. So, yeah, but, but Barney sort of summed it up there. and But, yeah, Ryan Madison for, I, has got to be in the Blues team.
0: I mentioned it last week. It's slightly baffling that Madison's off contract at the end of the year. Like, it's, he must either just be a real... He must be a good with. bloke. He must just be – yeah, he, what else I'm can it bitter. be? Well, it, it, it's a bit mad, but anyway. The Bulldogs could do with a Ryan Madison. 100% they could. <laughs> Ollie.
2: So I think you guys hit all the major points, but I guess what I'll bring up is, uh, well, as Barney said in particular, um, the halves were on. Um, I'd say out of the halves, Dylan Brown was probably the one who probably just impressed me the most. But overall, I think the biggest point of difference was the Ford pack, um, led by Ryan Madison's effort. But it not only shows in the Parramatta's Ford pack's been strong all year, up against a pack like Manly's, which is, uh, at the start of the year, I was saying inconsistent. I'd say poor now. But realistically, I think they have dropped off. You brought up Ola Kawatu as well, being a bit of a marked man, and he was sort of the shining light of that forward pa- pack um, apart from a few, uh, a couple, I should say, individual efforts in defence, Jake Jarovic and I believe Lachlan Croker as well, uh, that forward pack overall for Manly does not offer much. And when you're up against a team like Parramatta, that can easily and was the difference maker in this game.
1: They've got no oomph taking the ball forward, have they? Like their middles. Like as we said, Jakey Turbo is not really running the ball, he's a middle. So you've got your two front rowers who are on at the time, whether it be Tepao or Kepi or whoever they've got playing in the middle. There's no impact from them like running hard. And you don't see big numbers with hit ups or anything for any of them. So
3: I thought Aloa was going okay. Yeah, he, he was, was probably HIA, their best, didn't he? He was their best middle with the ball, definitely. I think he played for about half an hour. I'm pretty sure he, he was knocked out yeah. and didn't come back. But yeah, he was the one who did impress me the most. with yeah, him, you're, you're right with him.
0: So to your point about the penalties, it was nine two penalty count and two nil ruck infringements. Yeah. And Dezs, I think the way Des Des summed off best, he said, Okay, you've penalised us, but you're telling me Paramount only do things wrong in eighty minutes. And that was that's Well that would fair up. enough assessment, isn't yeah. it? Do you um, think it'd at least be four, five, six, yeah. 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 But it was zero rucks as well, like come on.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it was zero inside the ten, I think, for both teams, so I don't know what they're watching, but yeah. So we had Madison with three. I had Croker with two for um, for Manly. I thought he was really good with his running game. Um, He did break open a few holes there, and then either Garrick or Lane. I thought Garrick going back to fullback. Garrick's been a revelation this year. I think I don't think he's played a bad game. And when he's at his best, he's right up there. And Lane had one of those performances like that. That offload for the Oppa check try was a piece of brilliance. Um, Enough for a point Just, just
0: that, I
1: reckon. Yeah,
0: give him give him the point. Twenty four eighteen, the Dragons' last try won at um, at uh, where Warriors. they Warriors. <laughs> that's the My one. Warriors. Yeah, uh, Warriors, that was the one. Uh, no. And Warriors tried very hard to do the old re- end of recess uh, try off the last minute of the game too. But uh, yeah. Barney, what the stats say, and and I'll, I'll I'll let you go first on one of the classics of
3: the weekend.
2: I'll get, yeah, give me the crap one, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'll save you for the Titans.
3: Oh, shit. <laughs> we had four tries apiece, three out of four conversions for the Dragons, one out of four for the Warriors, a missed field goal attempt and one out of one penalty attempts for the Dragons. 79% completion, played 78. 31 out of 39 sets, played 32 out of 41. Six line breaks to three, 38 tackle bust to 36, eight offloads from both teams, three forced dropouts by the Warriors, 309 tackles made to 314, three ruck infringements to one. One inside the 10 against the Warriors. Four penalties conceded by the Dragons, two by uh, New Zealand, 10 errors to 11. Jack DeBellin made 46 tackles, Tavunga with 35, Sully with 228 metres, and Fanua Blake with 209. Bird missed six tackles, made 30, Hunt missed five and made 14. Pompey missed eight and made eight, and Vialia missed seven and made eight. Lomax with 88 supercoach points, Ramsey with 88, and Johnson with 83. The majority of this game, I just thought it was, you know, we stuff up, you stuff up. We score, you score. And, you know, a lot of the points, especially in the first half, were directly from the opposition making an error, whether it be a defensive error or a drop ball on the, on the high ball. And they just gifted each other points there for well probably 60 minutes of this game. I think there was only one real try that was um, – it was made by an opposition player. And I think that was the little grubber that um, Johnson put through. It just, it just seemed to be points coming directly from errors from the other side. Oh, sorry. The, there was a Lomax try there. That was a nice bit of play as well, but um, the, nobody ever seemed to really get going. And half of the players from both of these sides just didn't seem to give a fuck. They were just out there going through the motions. They didn't, there was no effort, there, no energy. They just sort of, I'll I'll take my little hit up here and make my six meters and get up and play the ball and the next bloke will do it and saying that there were a few guys that did put in some really good um, put in some really good performances but there wasn't a lot of them um, I thought well Pompey had an absolute shocker he had one of those games where he couldn't catch a thing he got the Ed Tossie Award. He, he absolutely for did. me. He, he did. was he was deplorable, Pompey. He did have a crack. He made a lot of meters and did did some hit ups, but he was basically a front rower. He dropped the ball every time he touched it, pretty much, and went over the sideline three
1: times. I think.
3: <laughs> absolutely. Um, Walsh tried hard, but he seems to be again another one who's marked on pretty heavily now and doesn't seem to be making a huge impact in the games. Kanuwa Blake was really strong uh, with these ball carries, and I think they missed him. And I think if he was on the field for that last five, 10 minutes, they'd probably yeah. win. Um, but he wasn't, unfortunately. Um, Ta-ha 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 he was good. very good. Yeah. Yeah. Considering it was only his second game back. Um, Dallin was strong on the wing as well, and Tavanga has just got that mongrel about him that I like to see in, the, in your middle forwards, and he was strong again there. Um, Johnson really looked like there any point of attack. Young Michael Molo really impressed me for the Dragons coming off the bench. Um, I thought he was super strong, a really good, strong ball runner, and his defense wasn't bad either. So he was probably their best forward out of the whole Dragons pack, to be honest. Jack de Bellen and Sims were decent again. Um, and again, the hunt was solid, but I thought Moon probably outshone him in this one. He seemed to create more opportunities with his footwork in and around the ruck that caused a lot of problems with the, the defense for the Warriors. I have to give Ramsey a wrap. After bagging him mercifully for the majority of his career, he was really strong in this game, especially with the way he brought the ball back off off the kicks. Uh, he put himself in a nice position to set up a try, and he scored one as well. So he was good before even his props too. for this one. He he's yeah. really come on. Um, he was he was pretty good with his defense and his positioning as well. So um, Lomax was a pretty big threat with the ball in hand. He looked pretty switched on and wanted to get in and amongst it in this game, but. Other than that, oh, and Surly was is basically a prop who plays out in the centers and just makes all their meters for them. Like every week, their forward packs, top meters are 100, 120 meters, and the other bloke out there is making 200. So thanks to analysis, Oli. Oli, do you want to now tell us what? Um...
2: I'll tell you what, this um, this was not an amazing game. Quite forgetful. See, these two teams, it's. It's like, and and it really resonated when they versed each other this week. They're not that bad where you're talking about how shit they are all the time. They're not good either. I swear at least three times a week, I forget the Warriors even exist and think it's a 15 team competition because they're like, and Gump would back me up because they're the Warriors. Like, they're just like, and they showed it again this week. The big thing I took out of this game is, and, and again, the Dragons were good for the same reasons I bring up whenever they win to be honest, so I'm not going to bring that up. I, I just think in games like these, between two average teams, you really are reliant on which team has the more individual efforts because neither team really plays cohesive as a unit. And to be honest, the Dragons just had some better individual efforts in this game. I think the the guys you brought up, Barney, your Sims, your DeBellin, Suli especially, I would say, and Cody Ramsey as well, they just had more individual efforts in this game and that's what got him over the line in the end not to say the Warriors didn't I thought the Blake's getting back to his best um, for example but I, I, like it, it's a, a bit a bit of a rubbish game we'll get to a rubbish game later on as well but it's down to the individual efforts I think in this one and the Dragons just had a bit more
1: I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't mind coaching the Dragons. I, I look, and I've said all year they have uh, their forward packs too small. But if you used, and I know that again, I'm not going to compare them to Penrith, but try and use the the blueprint that Penrith used. Oh, absolutely. They've got Ravalawa, Fiona, Lomax, Sully. and Suli, yeah. and Cody Ramsey why aren't the first three plays, they just front-loading their first three plays and having those guys running hard and with a bit of footwork and taking the middles out of the equation and then playing some footy on on the other plays? And like, I could, don't You couldn't
3: use Miono or something as a batting ram and get the your back rowers to play a bit of tip on footy. Yeah, no, you're they're, 100% they're, correct. Like, they're, yeah. they're,
1: they're, they're hard runners. Like, is good. They just... They're, and again... These things come down to effort, right? Does your winger want to do 15 hit ups or does he want to do five? Like, why can because that's not skill. Like the, the wingers that do it, your totos and your and your tail and Mays, and there's other wingers that do it, and there's a lot that don't. So, but that's not skill that getting like doing what they do. They get in there, they run hard, they take the hard carries, they use a bit of footwork. Why can't other wingers do it or coaches just say, that's the way we're going to play. We're going to front load the first three plays with you blokes. And if they run hard, they're making 10 metres each time and getting a quick play the ball. I, I don't know why when you've got strength and their strength is not their size in the forwards, it's their ball running and their strength in that back five or the four with the fullback, why wouldn't they be playing that way? I I don't understand. Again, they're a team that, you know, and they've got those workers in the middle to and Bird and Sims and, and the props and Molo, the Molos and whatnot. They've got the, nucleus there of a, of a decent team I just don't think they play right that in, in terms of that and you know what I could be wrong they could come out and try and play that way and get blasted off the park but again it's not really working for them what they're doing they were lucky really to beat the Warriors in the end the Warriors could have won the game and the Warriors were not great
3: so, just what you say there, be like none of the Fords. Tarek Sims had 90 metres, so did Francis Moller. Nobody else got close to 100. Then you had um Rubberlar with 172, Suley with 228, Lomax with 100, Fegai with 100, <laughs> Ramsey with 200. So it looks like that maybe they are trying to go that way. They're just not as effective at it, I guess. It, and, and maybe it's something that they need
1: to learn. And I think, you know, but that obviously in looking at those stats, even that's, so there's some proof in the pudding there, and maybe they just need to persist. If that's what they're trying to do, then persist with it and and, and hope that it that bears some fruit for them in the end. Like that that's there's not much I to think, take out of the game. I feel really. like, and they talk about it.
0: They usually when they interview Low he talks about it. But I think they how do I say this? I think they're coached as an average team their whole motto is we try hard and, you know, we'll beat... If we try really hard, we'll we'll beat some teams. Because I think they know what their squad looks like. Um, But they've they've won five out of ten games, so they do, I guess, out-try some of these other shitty teams. Um, When you compare them to... Are they a better team? On paper, they, they shouldn't be a better team than the Bulldogs. They shouldn't be a better team than the Tigers. They shouldn't be a better team than... than Newcastle. But... There is an element of effort there, but I think that I think it might they've broken it down to the simplest possible footy, and it's just try hard more than try and do anything special. Whereas I think you probably had nailed Ned Gump. Um, is probably where I'm going with this is that there's probably the ability to go further than that.
1: Well, I, th- I think that they, they even like I thought that like, and I know people's views on him as a player, but I didn't think Embi went bad at nine. Mm. He serviced out of nine. He was crafty around the ruck. He was, you know, a bit of speed out of ruck. And then when Sullivan comes on, because there's no way he can play 80 minutes as a hooker in the NRL, no. he's he's just too little and he's not really a hooker. They've put him in there because they want him in the 17. But, you know, m is not a bad option. He is a half, so he should be able to pass a ball. Yes,
3: so, yes Absolutely. But like even someone like Tarek Sims, you know the bloke from ballplay and he's got a decent offload. Didn't throw a pass in this game. Um, most of the forwards didn't, except for Debellin, who was is sort of their link man at thirteen. But
0: yeah. Anyway, we've talked enough about this.
3: Um, <laughs> who who are you given points to? Because I, I had Amone as the three points. I thought he was the the difference maker, and he created a lot of opportunities. Ramsey with two, and then I had either Lomax or Sean Johnson for the one. Um.
0: I'd only throw Fanoa Blake in there as a one, but. Yeah, true. What do you blokes?
3: Uh, Give it to AFB. Yeah. Fanoa Blake for one. Yeah.
0: Well, who saw this coming? 36-6. Cowboys. Turns out they're not a bad football team. Uh, Won't be winging the spoon. Can confirm. (laughs) Can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) Dummy-dum. Uh.
3: Put the Storm to bed, Barn. Um,
0: you go, you tell us the stats and then I'll...
3: They looked impressive doing it, too. Oh, um, six tries to one. Six out of six conversions. One out of one for the Storm. A 73% completion played 64. 34 out of 46 sets played 22 out of 34. Five line breaks to one. 32 tackle bust to 31. Nine offloads to eight. Two force dropouts from both teams. 292 tackles made by the Cowboys. three twenty-two by the Storm. Two ruck infringements against the Storm and one inside the 10. Four penalties conceded to nine. 15 errors by the Cowboys, 12 by Melbourne. Gilbert made 35 tackles. Kamikamika made 34. Holmes with 141 running metres. And Liero for Melbourne with 114. Holmes missed four tackles, made five. Smith missed five and made 24. Nanai with 89 supercoach points. Robson with 86. Gilbert with 83. And Kafusi with 72. So
0: I think, just to touch on the storm first of all, Their thing's always been their depth, their alleged depth. They've always had players come in. They've now front-ended their team that much where their B-graders are C-graders. They've got no, you know, God bless him, but Cooper John's barely a first-grader. There's blokes that that they're bringing in. They're playing blokes out of position. They're they're trying to... The next man up doesn't work anymore. There is is no... The barrel's empty, and and next year they're losing their fullback. So uh, once you take out... And admittedly, it is Papas and Hughes, you know, are, are two international footballers, but um, their backline's very average. Their, their their wingers are average. Their Meanie, we we know what Nick Meney is. He's better than you know, but um, your RMI's, your CVs, those blokes, they're 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 just average footballers. There's there's nothing off the bench, and they got blown off the field by an up tempo fast footy team playing up tempo fast footy with fast forwards that run hard. Uh, hit the ball, and that second half was just... I inc- I've, I've, i i can't remember a game where the Melbourne Storm were conceding points every set. Every set, they were going to score a try. It was, they got it was just... And it was it was pretty clinical. And, and I don't know what that... Like, can these Nanos and Gilberts of the world be that good, or is it just, like, what is it?
3: Well, i I'll tell you what I thought talented. it was. A lot of it for me came from uh, the way they decided to play the middle of the field. Um, if it was either they played one of two ways, they either went with long shift to long shift and dragged their forwards from one side of the field to the other, or when they did decide to go to the middle, they didn't. It wasn't one out stuff. It was angle mm-hmm. angle changes, uh, short, quick passes in between forwards. To um, you couldn't you couldn't get a one on one tackle. They it, it was they were running in between defenders and. Getting quick play the balls off the back of it just because of the way they change their angles in and around the ruck. And um, Melbourne now don't seem to have that um, lateral movement in the middle of the field and they they're getting caught out with teams that are sniffing in and around the ruck and changing angles. So that's that's to me the way they sort of pulled the, the middle of the storm apart.
0: So Sorry, I just sort of Barney's new T shirt, just having a sniff <laughs> in and around the ruck. <laughs> yes. All right, I'll see. But, speak but to even Scott.
1: But even when we look at the storm on the weekend too, that we know Christian Welsh hasn't been there all year. There was no Nelson, so there's two big outs Absolutely. in go forward. That Marion Seve, he was up there with the Ed Cossey award. He he can't play. Yeah, he can't play. He's not any good. And they, so yeah. they're missing Remus Smith. Aaron Myers, as you said, not much better. The Next man up is just not working for Melbourne anymore. Like the last two weeks, Harry's been off. I think, like, I don't know, they've been belted both weeks, but the best he looked was
0: the 10 minutes he played hooker and they've moved him to halfback.
1: Yeah, half back. yeah but, but that's what I mean. These teams, he's looked woeful. Well, he looked slow, as I said before the show. He was that slow in the ruck that there should have been five or six restarts against him. I think he was sponsored by Sleep Doctor because <laughs> he needed a bet out there. Like, fair dink, And he was that slow <laughs> in the ruck. And you think that that really the Cowboys in that game as well didn't really have much impact from Tal Malala, who went off injured yep. early and they didn't even need to bring him back on in so terms of because well. of the way the, the game went. I think that they are talented, Daggy, these kids, yeah. Nanai and Gilbert and Lukey and Cotter, they're good players. And the same as as the Adam Reynolds factor at, at Brisbane, Chad Townsend's the same. He's bringing out the best in, in some of these players and just getting them to good positions on the field and keeping them calm. And But the biggest turnaround in the Cowboys is their defence. Yeah. Like... They've only conceded three more points than Penrith. Now, we know how good Penrith's defence is. The Cowboys have only conceded three more points. So, what, three quarters of a try or a goal and a field goal more than Penrith have this year. So, the defence, like last year, they were getting lapped every week, getting 40 scored against them. Even the first game this year, the Bulldogs beat them 6-4, like their defence is all right. So, they've come a long way since then, like since round one even and then they got touched up by the Roosters early in the season as well but they, they haven't looked like getting beaten it, you know it's a good big test for them this week and we'll go on more when we talk about the, the games later in the week but you know it's a big acid test from this week to actually see where they are but at the moment they're legitimate top 14 they're you know Melbourne I, I didn't see coming I tipped Melbourne well Hughes was named and I tipped Melbourne and then I sort of thought, oh, I was a bit dodgy when Hughes wasn't in, but I still think, thought that Melbourne, after losing last week, would, you know, be better. But they they were way worse than they were against Penrith, Melbourne. Yep. Like, they were way worse. S- Oli?
2: <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys, and here is why. I've been thinking and thinking week after week due to our prediction that we made at the start of the year, that shall not be named, that a drop-off's coming eventually, like even a significant drop-off. They've gone and beaten Melbourne 36-6. to I mean, it's not happening, is it? Now, I will say this. I don't think they're even necessarily – it's looking good at the moment, but I wouldn't say top four morals or anything because a few weeks ago, we were saying Parramatta are top four morals. A few weeks ago, we will saying Cronulla were top four morals. Anything can happen. But I will say their their biggest drop-off at this point will be sixth. That's what I'll say for the Cowboys. We'll, they're a top eight team for sure, but they've insulted my intelligence and they've made me look dumb like all of us. And yes, I had yeah. my last week where I apologised to yeah, them, yeah, yeah, but this is where I get angry because they're making us look like idiots and I don't like it, and due to that, I hope Penra flogs them on the weekend so that I don't look like contenders at all. This is purely coming out of a um, out of spite and a, a bias against them due to my preseason predictions. But to be honest, you boys pretty much hit all the major points, and it was sort of obvious watching that game on the weekend. So I thought I'd just take this one opportunity to have my little rant about the Cowboys. How dare they be good? Yes. And especially at the start of the year, I really gave it to them. I said, this is going to be the worst team in the comp for about three years. And this is the team that's going to take the longest to rebuild. Well, Jesus Christ, screw you, Todd Payton, Chad Townsend, for having a career and ASONS and everyone in between because. uh...
1: I actually don't mind it though that a couple of teams that you didn't think were going to be any good, are good at, throw some interest into, into the team, into the yeah. comp. At least it's not like EPL, like the Cowboys and the Broncos. they are throwing a bit of interest yeah. into yeah, it, I it. it. Yeah, I hard great. I like watching them play. Like, I, I make a point to you know when the Cowboys yeah. games are on at the moment they're really enjoyable to watch. And, and it's, it was, it was uh, at the end of last year, That'd be the three o'clock
0: Saturday game. You couldn't give a two shilling shit. You'd just no, but now other you, team, you'd, you'd want to watch her And, and surely Payton's a dollar fifty be coach of the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's a dollar four. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, he's a dollar four. And, and this is a. The squad's this like they've added three blokes to this. It's incredible to look at the names. Oh, that's why like, I think with we all hammered Cotter and Hess
3: and to run last Felt because they didn't change that much. But the way they're playing footy has changed dramatically. Um,
1: like, is Ruben Cotter like your new favorite player? Like, I'm,
3: it's pretty close to it. You know <laughs> but it, it does, I
0: said it last week. It, it does it, in my head, it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't
1: compute that I'm watching Ruben Cotter play. Uh, but then they interviewed him on the Footy Show on Channel Nine on Sunday. He's even a really nice, funny bloke. I'm like, sure, he is. Like yeah. to <laughs> sit there and he'd like a bloke you'd want to have a beer with. That was even worse. Yeah. than this really looks like a and, slightly
3: and, oversized hooker who's just running straight through the middle of forward pack
1: and,
0: and then we, um, but then we 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 rave and rave about um Sel and Cobbo, but Too long he's producing well, magic yeah, every week. absolutely. Jesus, yeah. I've
1: got him bracketed with Cobo on the wing. For Queensland, why not? You wouldn't pick be, wouldn't of them. surprise me. Yeah, yeah why absolutely.
3: not? Um, because, um, um, just um, to touch on a couple of other things that I didn't mention before. Um, obviously, Melbourne made a plan of trying to slow down the ruck as soon as they, you know, Cowboys were getting really good ruck speed, and they they tried to lay all over them. Um, the ref pretty much stopped them this week. Um, I think he was pretty good with the the way he made a point earlier penalising them, and um, and it got the Cowboys down the field, which led to some early points. This their fucking form drop in the last what three weeks is dramatic. Like they've gone from looking like close to the best team in the comp yeah. to now looking like a team that's going to struggle to make the eight. Well, can we actually? Yeah, just can we
0: actually all say like, what does where are Melbourne actually at? Do you, surely you can't just pen these two just because Bappinows isn't there? This this is not so. good news.
3: No, um, I did mention that the start of the year that I probably I, I actually had a missing but... I had a miss in the top four. I still had them in the top eight, but I did. I'd flagged a which few things around their said. forward pack, which I thought they were a little bit slow. They are getting, they're not probably not getting the impact that I thought they would out of them. There's been a bit of papering over that early in the year because they were winning games, but that wasn't through their forward pack. And now they're not getting the same impact out of their their outside backs with just scoring points for fun. It's now come back to the forward pack, and there's um, that's raising those questions. I think I did raise earlier in the year, but um,
0: and admittedly, admittedly, we are we are second tier because. We've mentioned no big names out, but Jennings is out. There's another winger that's out. There, there are mm. five, or six, seven, eight players out. But you can't. Absolutely. You can't. I,
3: I wouldn't I'm be penning be Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> no, I, no <laughs> absolutely I, not. Yeah. House
1: and Papenhausen come back into the team, they beat. Thirteen or fourteen other teams. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm rubber stamping
0: Cowboys top four, and I, I'm not far off rubber stamping Brisbane top four. There you go.
3: Yeah. Oh, Kevin Kamika I... and Liara were pretty good, I thought. Kafusi was their best forward easily. Um, he actually looked like he wanted to have a crack, unlike a few of them. Um, I thought Grant was a little bit better than he was last week, but not by uh, a little bit better than Munster. But neither of them really did fuck all. The Kafusi um, play was be- like. Was was the, yeah. their play of the game, just a nice... Absolutely. It was the only it's, time they... Yeah, mentioned Cotter. Um, I thought Robson, he's um, really turned into a pretty decent uh, hooker there the last couple of weeks. Um, he's making an impact for this team. Gilbert, he seems to have two really good games and then go miss them for a week, but he was really good in this one, I thought. Um, then I was... He's a destructive back rower, and give him enough, uh, give him enough ball, he's going to score some tries over the year. Probably go close to being the the highest try scoring forward in the game. Was um, it
0: him? The Tigers could have had for Luciano at the start of the year. They offered.
3: I think it yeah. was the other one, wasn't it? It might oh, have maybe, been. It might have I been. I think it was Lukey. It was, was Lukey. Yeah. No, yeah.
0: I mean, then never mind.
3: And yeah, Chad just kicked the shit out of him. Tua along was pretty good. Holmes made a few errors, but um, Hiko, Hiku has been fantastic the last couple of weeks. Um, I know he's an older veteran and he doesn't have the speed that he used to, but he doesn't make many mistakes. And I thought, yeah, Drinkwater's ball playing—how good is that compared to you know we saw glimpses of it last year? But he's consistently since he's been moved into fullback, has been probably their best ball playing uh, ball
0: player on the field. So he might have the best rainbow ball in the in the comp
3: when he was it, it. And then I with three drink water with two, and then either Gilbert or Robson for the one. Your thoughts, fellas?
1: I agree. Just, just with the Cowboys, just a question for everybody: What do they do when Kyle Felt comes back with the hammer? <laughs> would you, would you get, would you get rid of Hiku and play Hammer in the centers, or would you play him off the bench? Just uh, moving forward, Kyle Felt will come back from injury. Yeah, yeah. And he'll go on the wing with Tuilagi. How old is can... Cole Felt? What's that? How old is Cole felt? You said three or something. 20,
0: 30, a bit. 30, but 30. I mean, in sorry, of oh, no, he... player. Um, I, I actually wouldn't change it yet. I would keep Hammer on the bench for yeah. now. But I it think seems they've like...
3: played him a couple of games off the bench, so but I'm pretty sure that's the way they're going to keep it, know, it. But it's a, it's a luxury, good luxury
1: to have. Well, it's yeah, it's a nice problem. <laughs> <laughs> he's not yeah. wrong. Oliver, your
2: thoughts? Well, t- to be honest, I sort of actually f- forgot um,
3: he existed.
2: He <laughs> hammer and I—I hammer was one of probably the three guys I'd give the time of day to at the start of the year for the Cowboys. And the fact that a guy like him has been out and they've still been able to keep up the form is a huge credit to them. But um, just on Gums' point before before we move on, uh, where he brought up, isn't it nice to see you know a couple of teams you didn't expect to do well? I agree. But can it not be the team I picked to finish fucking last, please? Like Someone
3: else. Too late now, you know, mate. Sorry. Too late now. Just – I think you need I, to move, I, don't move really, I want to go
0: back and listen to what we said about the, about the Bulldogs. the yourself in
3: jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, just enjoy right. <laughs> All right, let's move on.
0: Well, our uh, off-air conversations are much more riveting at the moment. Uh, Wednesday night <laughs> we will be looking you – yeah, know, picking our origin teams and a few spoilers – we were to be had just then, but uh, looking forward to that chat Wednesday night. Tune in for our preview
3: show, but we get to... Well, just to confirm for our, stat, our um, spreadsheet guru, we've we decided Robson gets the one point over Gilbert there because I've, I've oh, asked for say. an update. We're coming into halfway through the season, so hey, we just team... threw up both names and we left it at that. Talia uh, uh, or slash GT, uh, we know who the real
0: star of that show is uh if we could get numbers this week that'd be good we'll put up some graphics and actually see where the M sit i
2: was gonna say do we, we know there's kept kept track of
0: yeah they are yeah they're two weeks okay. behind at the moment i've told him the police finger out so, so but he'll probably injure it if he does so <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so that's coming we'll get those graphics up before origin then we'll when do we go we'll go behind closed doors
3: uh 10 weeks out, I think we didn't <laughs> we've last. been behind
2: yeah. closed doors. For yeah, them. there's been that. Yes, all it's so all often. a secret.
3: <laughs> Who can? Uh, anyway,
0: Penrith 32, Roosters 12. Who were very brave for a good hour or so, but Barney, what did the stats say?
3: Yeah, we had two tries for the Roosters, five for Penrith, two out of two conversions, played five out of five, and one out of one penalty attempt for Penrith. 80% completion, played 85%, 32 out of 40 sets, played 36 out of 42. Two line breaks to five. 35 tackle busts for the Roosters, 26 for Penrith. 10 offloads to eight. Three force dropouts from both teams. 389 tackles by the Roosters, 363 for Penrith. Three ruck infringements to one. Five penalties conceded to seven. Nine errors to seven. And the sin bin for Jared. Butcher made 52 tackles. Appy with 43. Teddy with 204 running metres. And Taylor May with 217. Baker missed four tackles, made 21. Martin missed six and made 38. Uh, we had Luai with 87 super coach points, James Fisher-Harris with 85, and three other Penrith players before you got to Butcher on 67. Before
0: Barney tears us all apart here, uh, Ollie, I'll give you a good game for once. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, Gump, you are no no, 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 It was uh, uh,
2: Well, one thing that I think sort of decided the game a little bit for me, we brought up in previous games and in previous weeks um, how important a performance is from your bench. I think Penrith had that, especially from two players, Scott Sorensen and Spencer Leniu. The Roosters weren't offering too much. I feel like that had a bit of a significant impact on the game. Look, overall, Penrith once again, continuously playing at a high level, pretty much from 1 to 13. And as it has been for a lot of this season, with the likes of your Taylor Mays and Isaac Tagos really putting their hand up, a lot of Penrith's attack was through their X Factor on the edges. And in the end, I'd say... That was the biggest thing that got him over the line against the Roosters. But overall, it does come down to quality as well. And it's not to say the Roosters aren't a quality team and th- they've been in the best form they have been all season the past couple of weeks. And you brought up Daggy, um, you know, the effort the Roosters did put in for about an hour of that game. So they're not a horrible team by any stretch, but I think Penrith still <laughs> that just that one bit further than anyone else on the competition. You know, competition. It is, it's like
0: when a bottom – team plays a half decent team and they compete for an hour and then get run over. This is a good team playing the best team and competing for an hour and get running over.
2: Yeah, of course it'll be telling next week, maybe for certain other teams on Penrith's level, but I think at the moment, and that's the biggest takeaway, it's just, a, would say a really good team. Um, James Tedesco, I think once again had a really good performance. Yeah. I think he's starting to come into his own now when it's coming to origin time, but even he who not this season, but consistently the past few years has been a top three player in the competition is still able to have that performance, but his team was just outclassed at the end of the night.
1: I was watching the game with, with a few, few fellas and sort of after about 60 minutes. And then again, at the end of the game, we sort of discussed it and thought the Roosters didn't play badly. I didn't think, I think the Roosters probably beat nearly anybody else in the comp on, on Saturday night. they, they probably broke as many tackles as Penrith. They didn't miss as many tackles as Penrith. They they played all right. Again, it was just the way that Penrith just don't have a bad player on the field. They all do their job. And the Roosters, I thought, were, were quite good. I thought Angus Crichton was was probably one of his better games getting to form. Probably their only player that I thought was a bit down maybe was Manu on, on previous efforts that sort of he'd been putting in. Um, Joseph Suwali, if we didn't already know, he he is just he's, he's a star. star. Like he, he can actually, actually an early Our slap in though. He though. Running and he's, like, yeah, he's, uh,
0: he's a star, but honestly when Michael in a said he should be in the origin team, I wanted to jump through the screen and knock him out. Like,
1: I don't even he's listen swinging. to what
2: he emphasise the O's.
1: Like he, he was he was Majestical. Really it's his favourite. It's not a fucking word no, yeah. it's not Majestic. he uses
0: it every it, yeah he uses it every week oh, it majestical five eight le anyway yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but, I'm just writing
0: look, my voice down and, now. And, and it's
1: the same as your wax lyrical about Penrith every week le was was really good, and even like Penrith win by thirty and and Nathan Cleary just has our game like it wasn't you know he he wasn't bad Isn't it funny. Wasn't Nathan Cleary's in, just
0: had a season
1: yeah <laughs> in terms in in terms of that, but. Yeah. Well, isaiah yo again look <laughs> he at the moment he's probably the best player in the comp isaiah yo um like he broke the game open with the ball he threw to sorensen for the for the try and and just gives them so much time to do what they want to do and he doesn't really look that quick but his leg speed in the middle is what gets him he just he a couple of little quick steps and gets to the outside shoulder of that a defender and they're they're they cooked. So you know, I don't know, you can't say too much more, but I the roosters weren't that bad. Like they 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 were actually they probably didn't deserve to get beat by 30 points. Yeah, That
3: sums up really well. Go on, David. You know you want it. He does all that with the ball and then makes forty odd tackles every week as well. The blokes a machine. Yeah. Um yeah, you you mentioned pretty much a lot of what anyone would say about this game there was 60 minutes where it was back and forth um they stretched each other at times but there was some pretty good cover defense in the first hour of the game that um, that stopped a lot of points um they could have it could have been probably somewhere around 20 points each going into half time but it, what was it six nil or something like that it wasn't much yeah um the tough grind i know you mentioned tedesco and his he, he forms good but to me he holds on to the ball too often um Realistically, for me, he needs to be running through the centers. And if he's not doing it, he needs to be giving somebody else the opportunity to do it. He does he get
0: pinged in the corner in corners, so often, you know. doesn't A lot he? Of he? All does, the time.
3: Yeah. All the time. Especially
1: um, late in the tackle count. He's probably getting. You're right. He's getting caught with the ball too
3: much. Yeah. Um, Either let it go to your winger or duck back inside and you know give 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 him some space to run down a short side or put set up a different play rather than floating into that corner and then you're stuck in the corner. It makes it very hard to set up um, attacking field uh, attacking plays out of a corner. Um, What do you say? There's. Oh, actually, the lead was 18 0 at halftime, wasn't it? Because they scored fucking like bang, 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 three, three tries. The Appy, Appy had the free uh, the, trial. It was Yo try, had the ball on the string with the two tries, and then Appy just darted out of the dummied and darted out of dummy half. Which they set up beautifully. Half. Like they had Cleary sitting yeah, they there. Had and, Kiri, they had Cleary, Luai, um, and Yo all floating towards that side of all- the field. Just <laughs> waiting for the field goal, and <laughs> Appy just said, Thank you very much. Yeah. Critter jumps over the top of everyone and runs 80 metres or 90 metres to score for a couple of minutes into the first uh, second half, and it was game over. Um, the Roosters didn't look like they were going to come back. They didn't look like they were going to get blown off the field, but at the end of the game, they probably did. Um, the Butcher and C.R. Takiaho were the, probably the best forwards for... For the Roosters, but their forwards just got out like just got outplayed. They their constant grind that Penrith play through the middle. Um, if you're not up for it for 80 minutes, you'll you'll lose it in the last 20, which um happened here. As I said, uh, Teddy gets in the way a little bit, but um Keery and Crichton were the Roosters really only um guys that looked like they were gonna break apart the 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 field for the Roosters. Um Crichton probably had one of his better games, I think, for for the season. And Kiri was, was pretty good, especially with his kicking game. And probably kept it closer than it could have been. The Panthers' centres were fantastic. Um, they they were causing threats all over the place. Um, Tago seems to... If he's not improving, he's definitely not getting worse. But he causes all sorts of headaches for the defensive lines. It also helps when you've got one of the biggest blokes in the game next to you and Luai buzzing around in the same sort of area. So... Um, that, that left hand side and attack just causes no end of problems for everyone. I can't see it being shut down either because you can play short to Kick out, you can play out the back to Louis, you can hit Targo on a lead run or go to May on with the cutout ball. There's just so many options on that left hand side of the field. Um Fisher Harris had his best game of the year, I thought. Um, and the halves are great. But Luai's put two together now. He two really, really good. good games of football together. Um, he, of
0: he was sensational again. Um what I'm going to add to what you've said, not a lot, really. Uh, except we talk. People always talk about how people go to how the players go to Melbourne and get better. But Scott Sorensen's a genuine, genuine threat off the bench. He
3: was a fella at Cronulla. How, how you know? Would you I make? I thought
0: he wasn't it? bad at the back end yeah. there. For Cronulla. I was actually yeah.
3: pretty upset because he. I'm pretty sure he announced his retirement and then came out of retirement to play with Panthers. So. <laughs> he's loving but... <laughs> life now.
2: What a second. How
1: runner.
3: hard does
1: Spencer Lenu run? Yeah, I yeah, know. He's but a weapon. Is, ind- there a, is there a middle forward that runs harder than him? Every carry, too. Robert There's no. Terrell
0: May. What about his first Like How he, good was he He was tremendous. He'd be he'd May. be starting by the end of year for them.
3: <laughs> Tree trunks for legs up. Like yeah. He's gone. He's go forward Do you know, maybe a bit
1: much do of him Gumby? Yeah, 2010, coach Terrell, yeah. and thought and thought he'd make it before this. I really yeah. rated him as a kid. Oh, what what you know, a first touch and what he yeah, had impact to him, touch man. the ball. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah, Terrell he, he and he's a, he'd be a loose cannon. He, <laughs> he's tough. Um, yeah, he, he, he'll be good. Yeah. They've they've re-signed him for for three years, so they've obviously got him in their plans. Yeah, he saw twenty minutes of
3: him, but it was impressive.
1: So you know, but, I I don't know that he offers you less than Lindsay Collins. Uh, and what it, like Lindsay that, Collins you
0: know? has gone off a cliff. He's gone from the yeah. Queensland prop to uh, yeah. like he,
1: off a cliff. Uh, how he? So I think he's offering you as much as as the other blokes, your Fletcher Bakers and all that that they're playing. Taki Aho so, at lock was okay. I, I,
0: it's still mind-numbing that he won't be in the comp next year because he, he's. As good a they've got, uh, especially if Jared aging. But you know, if, if Terrell's the future, then that's something. Um, it, it's pretty, like we're not going to say much more about this, apart from I, I genuinely believe on this performance, Roosters are sort of a fourth, fourth or fifth team, and they got blown off a of Park by the best team. It's yeah, it, it's it. Like I, Roosters would have beaten, I agree, Roosters would have beaten everyone bar, bar maybe Brisbane and New yeah, and uh, the Cowboys this week.
3: Cowboys. Yeah.
0: And uh, and I think that's the top four. I think that's the top four the more I think about it. So I've been wrong before, but um, you mentioned three points. Luai, Barn, uh, where are we going next?
3: Um, Cleary just on the back of his kicking game, and then I had uh, one of three actually. I had Yo, Appy, or James Fisher-Harris, because I thought they were <laughs> extremely actually, good. Actually,
0: I, I want to – yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's weird Cleary probably deserves to But he wasn't like the Cleary Cleary but, um, That's fine But um, no no leave it with that Go Appy one I think Give it to Appy, Appy But one. Um, and I just want to make a point Because you mentioned You mentioned a couple of statements Gumpy that Appy should be The New South Wales hooker And I, I agree Do you want to just elaborate on that a little bit?
1: I, I just think that at the moment He's going better Like yeah. he yeah, And I know that sometimes you think because the team's going better, you think a player's going better. But I'm not saying it for that reason. I think Damien Cook's value is running out of dummy half and he's just not really doing it. Yeah. Like he, he did it two games this year. One was against the Bulldogs and I think the other one was probably against the Warriors. where Anyone had, us asked for make ground out of dummy half. So Cook's value is running out of dummy half. Happy service is definitely better defensively, you know, Cook makes as many tackles as Coruscant probably misses more. I just think combinations, when you think about it, Penrith are probably going to have Cleary, Luai, Crichton, or Martin in it the makes, side. It, it does make a lot of and sense. And Yo. And Yo. That you have Coruscant. It makes sense to have Coruscant in the team. Yep. To me. And and, and it's based on, on combinations because I think... And only especially
0: the- when a year ago the argument was uh, Cook... Reynolds and Walker, and it, you know, we it didn't really work out, did it? Uh, but when you, you when you you make a compelling case for an eight man combination compared to a three man
1: combination, <laughs> well, I I personally I think that's the only way New South Wales can win. As it's if not have anyone any else combination in the team. there, because I don't, I don't. If you look at the Queensland team, which we're going to in the future, I think that they're going better, yeah, than than some of these blokes that New South Wales, if they. St- Stick with a couple of them and they say they're going to be loyal to blokes like Sims and Syphidi and all that, they're not going well enough. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. Those man. players,
1: they're, but, they're just yeah. not.
0: Let's save the, the rest, let's save the rest of that chat for tomorrow night. But, um, yeah, let's get. I, I agree, I agree. But we're, we, no, I uh, any Any thoughts, you two?
2: Well, uh, at this point, our Origin might be Pandora First North Queensland.
1: Hey, why not? Yeah, we're getting a preview next week now. Well, that's played this week, so... The week yeah. after, isn't it? We're going to know a lot amazing. more
3: after
0: this week. 32-12. Is that four straight for the Raiders? Uh, three, I think. Three straight for the Raiders. Mm.
3: Uh,
0: against a team. Um, yeah,
3: Barney, tell us the stats and then
0: we can bag Talk south Talk about falling off a cliff. No, I love bagging out. south, so...
3: Two tries to six. Two out of two conversions played three out of six and one out of one penalty attempts for Canberra. 65% completion for South, 74% for the Raiders, 27 out of 41 sets played 29 out of 39, three line breaks to seven, 17 tackle busts to 48, 12 offloads to 13, one force dropout by Souths, uh, 311 tackles played 303, one ruck infringement to two, one inside the 10 against both teams, seven penalties conceded to eight, 14 errors to 13, Cook with 44 tackles, Tarpany with 33, Graham with 118 metres and Tarpany with 189 metres. Burgess missed five tackles, made 20. Keon missed five, made 22. There were six other South players with four missed tackles and two with three missed tackles. Kotrick missed two and made four tackles. Uh, <laughs> Young with 102 supercoach points. Kotrick with a 84. Cook with 81. So... Sorry I just saw the, the weirdest stat line
0: I think I've ever seen is Zach Wolford twenty six minutes for zero one zero 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 one zero nineteen zero zero zero. He he came on a field and made, 19, made tackles nineteen tackles and did zero it's else. Good. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> anyway, apart from that, Rabido stunk. They were bad. They were born <laughs> for bad. They actually I'm gonna have Have you ever
1: seen a team gonna fall
0: from grace so quickly? Not as quickly as this. On the loss of what, one player? Two players?
1: Gagai and Reynolds, but no Murray and no Mitchell. And no
0: Murray and like. no Latrell, obviously. But, like, they've got no leadership. The only thing I will say, and because he's not far off an origin spot, Campbell Graham could have scored three tries and had three tries. Since he kept getting yeah. bundled out or throwing balls into people or doing weird shit or passing <laughs> before the line. He actually could have single-handedly beaten Canberra. But beyond that, like, they have zero... There's nothing here. Raiders can't be that good. We know what Raiders' level is. Uh, and and they got beaten. If Jackson Hastings is fit this week, I think Tigers are morals to beat them. Like, they're just – they have no forward. They no I'll forward the momentum. Um, and they've got no leadership. And I know you were quite critical uh, in, in some chats of uh, Ilias Gump. So, do you want to run take the next hit up and and
1: Look, that in? I, I want to pose a question before – before I start on anything, because Barney can do a much better sum up of the game than me, but we talk about coaches under pressure. And I don't know that Dimitri is under pressure. He's had 10 games. But where's the question being asked of the person or people that didn't sign Adam Reynolds to a two-year deal? Why should they still have a job? In, In my opinion, that is total and utter incompetence whoever has made that decision at that club. For a bloke, just led you
0: to a grand final. Is it correct? What other, club in, the, what other club in the competition would not re-sign their Sexy grand final?
3: half back halfback after the grand, so grand I, final. I and captain. Like what I are, don't get
1: it. And for somebody that read that wanted to play, he wanted to play. For, yeah. It wasn't like he so wanted Did he didn't want? He
0: just wanted to stay. He just said, "Dismiss me to you." Just wanted
1: to so whoever's responsible—that's the biggest question: that, okay. whether Mad should go, whether Barrett should go, whether O'Brien should go, whether Holbrook should go, whoever. Who is responsible for it? Do they still have a job? And if it is Jason Demetrio that's made the decision, then. He probably should have coached his last game, to be brutally God. honest. Like Lachlan Ilias, he might be. What Was it a medical thing? Like, was it a. Oh, look, they put it down to the whole Sam Burgess, oh. and Greg Inglis, long-term contracts, and they lost money and da-da-da-da-da. They didn't lose any money. The NRL actually gave them some compensation for both of those mm-hmm. players but, anyway yep. that other clubs don't get. The who for Souths. <laughs> I'm I'm actually glad. I don't like. I, don't, I,
0: I I hate South, so I don't I care. I don't like much, them.
1: No, I don't like them. them. I'm actually glad they're going shit house, and and they're terrible. They yeah. are terrible. If Hastings plays this week, the the Tigers will win against the Rabbitohs. The Raiders. I thought one really bright spot for the Raiders is I'm glad Hudson Young starting to play some good footy because mm. I really Fair. like Hudson Young. He was. Good when he first started, then sort of he had a few indiscretions and then sort of fell off the cliff a bit and wasn't in their team regularly and whatnot. But I think he's been really good the last few weeks and just seems to have his head screwed on right and be, been playing some good footy. Um, you know, they're, they're going okay, the Raiders. Like, they might, by virtue of other teams falling over, they might finish higher than South and Manly and sides like that that are fallen apart. Um, so they could, you know, well make the eight if they can string a few more together. The one thing they do have is that they've got a good middle, Papali Papa and Tarpany always go well and he then was, they've got Starling and, and, you know, they
0: so. Papali was sensational at Magic Round actually and uh, Again, yeah. he was good here, 100% in his 250th. Yeah. And just in time for Origin, just in time for the (laughs) 2-30 Queensland. That's right. They always come good, the Queenslanders. Uh, Ollie, have your say, and then we'll let the King, you know, tell us how it really is.
2: Well, just on what Gump was saying, and this might be a bit of a hot taker, maybe I'm putting my conspiracy theory glasses on a bit, but I think someone who might have had something to do with the whole Reynolds debacle is currently in Moreton Bay signing 10,000 Fords for next year because I would not put it past Wayne Bennett that his plan was – for Reynolds to re-sign with South Sydney for a season, and then, well, play in Brisbane the year after that, but just not for the Broncos, the other team. I think that might have had
1: something to do with it. Whoa, because- hot takes! Well, you know what, Ollie? You're I probably think it might have actually right been Wayne Bennett. Lose clubs in the shit, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think it
2: may have actually been Wayne Bennett. Yeah. Who well, might hey. have been a no. key There's form. Well, if
3: if that's true, that even says even more about the bloke who's in charge of recruitment should have lost his fucking job. So, Because if you know the coach is on the way out, you give them no say in recruitment. If that's true, true, shouldn't shouldn't
0: Wayne Bennett have actually just tapped Randall's on the shoulder and said, I'll look after you?
3: Uh, I think so.
2: I I don't know. It just seems like that's a possibility. And I think we can all agree Wayne Bennett probably knew around this time last year he was going to coach Directly or whoever the expansion team was going to be, or at least had a pretty good idea. So I feel like they might've had something to do with it, but this game now I watched the next game with a certain team versus Cronulla before this one. And I thought, wow, a certain team um, was horrible defensively and they were the worst team this round. However, Adrian, uh, our fearless leader then helped me out and, put on the Fox league mini for this game. And I've only watched the Fox league mini, but I can take out of it that South Sydney, I don't know if I've seen, I know it's a big thing to say. I don't know if I've seen a worse defensive performance this season, like just some of the absolute gaffes that they had in defense in this game was just atrocious. And it is, even though Reynolds isn't there, even though Bennett isn't there, even though Murray and Latrella are out, just the fall from grace from runners up to where they are now, it is just
0: absolutely astonishing. It makes no sense given that last year all the mail was, oh, Demetrio's actually coaching the side. Well, he <laughs> fucking wasn't. Maybe if he was.
2: Maybe he wasn't. Reynolds was just really, really good. But they made Canberra look like a really good football team and... God bless the Raiders. They're not a really good football team. They've got a solid four pack. They're starting to come into form. And I'll say they might be a a 2021 Gold Coast Titans where they get into the top eight a little bit on default, just because they're not as bad as some of the others. But even this South Sydney team should probably be putting in a bit of a better performance against the Canberra Raiders. And especially from what we saw from some of their forwards last season, compared to in this game, like The likes of Tom Burgess, Keon Khalil Matungi and Jai Arrow were consistently performing well last year. They seem to have dropped off a little bit in my opinion as well. Like, I just don't know what it is with South. I don't think it is just the exodus of players and the injuries. There are some players who have dropped off a bit and it's a real sign of concern.
3: Losing your best go forward man in the first twenty seconds of the game doesn't help. Um, Tatala obviously getting knocked out with the first tackle of the match yeah. uh, puts a big hole in their go forward. But their their attack at the moment is about as organised as a group of fucking three year old children just being let to run riot in the playground. And their defence is was it resembles wet tissue paper, mate. It's as soft as you can absolutely get. Like. Canberra were good in attack, but they were no nowhere near great. And a lot of the line breaks were one pass off the ruck. If you can't defend one pass off the ruck, you've got some serious problems. Uh, and if it wasn't one pass, it was two passes. Um, That first ball to Kotrick to score in the corner, there wasn't a bloke within five metres of him. Like it wasn't even close, and that pass took forever to get out to him. It's not like it was a rocket ball that hit him on the chest when he was running at speed, there was just nobody around him. The defense was disgusting. Um, there's a couple of guys, it was
1: Liam Knight,
3: he got bashed every time he touched the ball, he got flogged, (laughs) (laughs) and every time he tried to make a tackle, he seemed to get knocked out or partially knocked out. Like right. Paul Boss. That was one of the toughest nights you're yeah. ever gonna see from oh. the front rower. He was, yeah, physically belted out of that game <laughs> consistently. Um, the highlights of the game were Cook's um individual effort to score his try and um Xavier Savage back down the middle of the field. That was some really nice ball running and in, into holes and just left the defense for dead. Um, they were the two tries that you probably pin your hat on in this game, but um South's self's effort if you want to call it that left me with about three players worth mentioning um in their entire looking 17 and that was arrow who played decent and campbell uh campbell graham who was okay um, as you mentioned had some nice touches but also made a few errors and cook who was their best player on the field and he probably doesn't even make it into the top eight or nine players in the canberra team um Canberra's middle was fantastic. They absolutely bashed uh, the, the South team out of the game. As I mentioned, a lot of it was one one pass off the ruck with just a big forward barreling through the line and then you had support players coming on both sides of that. And
1: what, Corey Horsburgh looked
3: like Arthur Beaton in this game? That, <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, you know you put it on the WhatsApp at one point and he was running 20 metres a hit up. Yeah,
3: he like, was. And and he's okay, miles. Corey, but he, you
1: know, jeez. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Like, and that left me with probably only three or four of the Raiders that weren't worth mentioning. But the standouts were Hurlsberg, as, as you mentioned. Um, Elliot was good. Tapani was close to the best player on the field, but somehow I left him out of my points. Um, Whiten and Kotrick were very good. Um, Kotrick, as you mentioned last week, Dougie, his, his last three or four games have actually been quite good, and he seems to be hitting that sign of form when he when he was at Canberra a couple of years ago. Um Starling, Young and Papali were fantastic. They were the best players on the field, in my opinion, and that was the way I went with my three points, which was Papali, Young and Starling. I, I, I can't disagree with that. Like, Can we... He makes such an impact, Starling, off the bench. Um, it's, it's been tremendous, especially in the last what, three or four games. He just comes on and creates absolute havoc for defences.
0: Do we still think Do we still think Canberra are a better team if they play um, Frawley as well? Move
3: white and a pair wider. I'd like to see white out in the centres actually. Yeah, well, that's absolutely would. Yeah. yeah, and then get. Um, you probably may as well get rid of Chance to be honest, and put Savage back there, or take your pick. But they didn't seem to miss Chance when he came. Did he come off in this game? Yeah, he came off. He did didn't he? Yeah, he came, he got, uh, yeah, he came off. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. And they put Savage back there, who actually looks like he's got points in him. But they, they could actually be a dangerous team when you've got that forward pack and then just have White and lurking out in the centres. It's anyway, we've talked about it. has got time. a
3: much better king game. Like yeah. every time you see um White and kick the fucking thing, he kicks it ten meters dead. Mm. Like <laughs> he goes for he goes for repeat sets and just kicks it way over the, the dead king ball. King game it, but... wise Frawley would be an
1: answer for them. Yeah, and then just play
0: and play White in the centers that you
3: Be such a strike centre. He can float back into the six at times if he wants to and thinks he needs to. But well,
1: well, can you play White at one? He's a fullback originally.
3: You could. Not sure he's quick enough anymore. Well, I
1: I don't know. He's got the aerobic for it. I now you need to be the fittest player on the field. I want a full
0: preseason to get ready for it. I think that's that's what I mean. But is
1: moving forward? Is that? It flashed through my head just then when you yeah. Well, Jamal Fogarty, they reckon, could be back this week. Right. So that solves the the Frawley thing. Fogarty walked come just comes. Yeah, straight but then in. you pin right.
0: and Schneider. You know, like you could still be do. you could still have more mm. points of attack. He deserves a go. That young kid. I, cube, I right? reckon Fogarty. The they,
1: I think they've yeah. got to. I think they've got to play Fogarty and White, and that was their plan originally at the start. They will. Of the yeah, have yeah. Got to go with that plan. By the end of
0: the year, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Savage is their starting one.
3: Yeah, well done, the Raiders. Um, they've put themselves back in a position now to be in there at the end of the season and we'll see how they go. Yep, cool.
0: Jumps cracked open the Twiggy sticks. He's good to go there having a snack. But uh, we are getting to 25 18. The Sharks over the Titans. Barney stats. And then which one
3: of you two wants to go first?
2: I'll get the negative out of the way first so that Barney can brighten our evenings. Well, still a bit of a negative
3: there. Yeah, we got three tries to four, three out of three conversions played four out of four, and one out of one field goal attempt for the Sharks. 78% completion played 82%. 33 out of 42 sets played 34 out of 41. Two line breaks to six, 26 tackle busts to 34, eight offloads to 19, one force out to three, 336 tackles played 348, two ruck infringements against the Sharks, two inside the tens against the Titans, two penalties conceded to eight, 12 errors to 10. And Asinbin, uh, Liu with 34 tackles, Brayley with 45, Campbell with 165 running metres, Miller with 294. Sammy missed four tackles, made eight. Talakai missed four tackles and made 11. Nakora missed five and made 37. Brayley with 91 supercoach points. Masters with 84. Hines with 82.
2: Uh, this team... I would say easily if you go back over the past three seasons and overall look at the worst defensive team in the competition, it's them. Like it, it's just We're so not
3: through f- the middle there. That's the thing, it's just it, always it, on
2: that edge. hundred percent. And look at, um, I would say one of, if not Cronulla's brightest, um, area was the edges because, and it seems to be a lot of teams against. The Titans. Pretty good centers and wingers. Yeah, like, not only have you guys got good centers and wingers, but you're going up against absolute drivel. I thought Jaden Campbell, once again, was good for the Titans as well. Definitely should be playing fullback and the usual customers, Mo, Tino, Bo Firma as well. They've been the standouts for this team for the whole year and that's just continued. I just, I don't think Cronulla were that good either. I think Barney had probably agreed Cronulla weren't great, especially for the first, at least the first half. And then uh, Daggy was saying to me at halftime, this is a perfect brew for Cronulla to now put on some points against the Titans. They did exactly that. When the Titans started to come back, I had no faith whatsoever because there have been so many times this season, the Titans just go for a little patch where they score 10, 14 points, but they just can never get the job done. And it just seemed fitting of the type of club that the Titans are where the player who got that try, who really got them back into the game in Jared Wallace and the one who, when the little scuffle happened with Sione Katala sort of fired his teammates up, was the one who then blew their chance of winning the game with that mistake near the end. The it's just, it, it's just re- so reflective of the Titans as a team. And again, I'm actually really interested to hear your take on Cronulla Barney because I don't think they've been amazing In recent weeks, they managed to get the job done against the Titans, where realistically that team should be winning by more than seven points against the Titans. I think the rain did also have a bit of an effect on it. Uh, Neither team played amazingly, but the rain certainly sort of impacted that. But then when Cronulla was going, they did really well. A bit of a uh, a shout out as well to um, Lockie Miller in his NRL debut. I thought he had a really good game, especially in attack. Reminiscent of a former rugby sevens player, which I believe he was.
0: He, uh, I thought he, like, he, the first try, he was nowhere to be seen. But I thought he was very, very, um, a little bit electric. Like when he touches the ball, you feel like something's going to happen. He was active. Um, he was good. He's, yeah, he's, you know, um, so here it goes. The Titans' attack. There's lots of times in it; it just makes no sense. Like Fort Awake is always running the decoy. Like just put the bloke through a like. Put the bloke into a hole. He'll probably take three blokes with him, um, and then they, they're playing more. and And then the edges don't quite. Let me think about how to phrase that better. They're horrible. Anyway, yeah, yeah let's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's go with that. Um, they, first, ta- first they half. They were half a good
1: attacking of, team last
0: year. Yeah, and they just they just they, they have that weird one out decoy run where nothing happens. Um,
1: question yeah, yeah, and for you, yeah, where do you sit with Justin Holbrook?
2: I've really soured on him this year. He's,
1: he's got to be under pressure.
2: Last year, I was really trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's trying to do different things with the team, but it just seems like this year, with a lot of decisions, they are decisions that don't make sense in the hope that something will happen, and nothing happens. Yeah. But like that's that's the big thing with Justin Holbrook. Every few weeks, he'll just make a decision that will leave everyone's heads. Everyone scratching their heads, and no, they've gone backwards. Out of it, nothing.
1: Yeah. There's only two. Well, them and the Bulldogs are the only teams that have gone truly backwards. South. Well, well, take Souths out. Yeah. Well, you can't. But they've they've gone seriously backwards. The Titans, from they attacked well last year. Like they had points in them, and they were a, they were another team that I didn't mind watching last year. But this year. I can't watch them. Can't.
0: Remember last year for the first 10 rounds we thought Holbrook was a goose and then we thought he was a genius because they started winning games and now it, it's like...
2: Realistically, it, the way I see Holbrook now is that I think he's probably safe for the rest of this season, but i 100% seeing him be the favourite for first coach sack next year and being the Trent Barrett of next year when it...
0: Like, that's what I see. That's what if they were a Sydney team, I mean, he'd be fucking... He'd be hammered. Yeah. He'd be
2: gone by the end of the year if they were, but I think he's safe at least for 2022. Um, just he's just, another
1: name I'm hearing at the Bulldogs because he's a Bulldogs ex-player, well, junior, and has got interesting, to the
0: club. very interesting shuffle if that would happen. As long as we don't get Barrett, yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think we'll see Trent in a first grade role for maybe ever again.
2: Super League, maybe.
0: Cleary, Cleary brushed him today. Did you see that? No, They said, "Oh, would you have? Uh, would you have?" Oh, back at the club, he went, oh, there's no rolls at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, I thought Sharks' first half was mediocre. I thought the first half itself, I'd tipped it as a bludger of a game and it felt like a bludger of a game for the first half and Sharks got straightened up and it was the Nico show, as Barney's about to tell us, I'm sure. But um, they They still were two left to right, right to left first half, but they, they got their shit together a little bit in the second half. Um. Gump, you mentioned that Jury's uh, out and Wade Graham, and I, I 100% agree. 100%, like, I don't think – th- put it this way, if Wade Graham played for the Roosters, he'd be medically retired by now.
1: The Sharks, for me, and I like the Sharks. They're a good team. I like to watch them play. But they've got too many blokes at the moment that get in the way. Mm. They've got – Wade Graham gets in the way – Teague Wilton's even starting to get in the way on that edge. Tolman gets in the way. Andrew Fafita gets in the way when he gets on the field. Yeah. Moylan is – look, I I saluted him a couple of times, but it's iffy with him. I just think that they've got blokes getting in the way. And is Talakai as good as we thought he was? Let, let's all be brutally honest here. Mm.
0: Talakai had two massive games, and that's what he's done. And he's done yeah. two years of football. Yep. So uh, until we see it again. And now he's not getting decent service because they've parked him out in the centres and he's standing around like a slug and getting, well, the ball getting in the way. Line and getting in the way. So, yeah, the, Barney, give us your take. Yeah.
3: And then we'll uh, we'll get back well, he's, um Yeah, his defence has dropped off a little bit too with Talakai, but... um. He definitely he, he did make an impact. He was realistically the reason that they started their comeback where he just went and he went back into the middle and he played like a front rower and he decided to actually have a crack through the middle. But um, I thought it was pretty tough competitive first half. As Ollie mentioned, it was pissing down at times there for a good probably 15 minutes during that first half, which led to a few errors. But um, yeah, Sharks were nowhere near their best uh, for the majority of the game. Realistically, they only sort of clicked into gear for about 10 or 15 minutes and it was enough to win the game. Take a breath, um, David. <laughs> nobody in that first half really seemed to um ice any opportunities and there was a few of them both teams probably had two or three opportunities to score points and um they just couldn't do it uh i thought the sharks were causing more problems than the titans they did look like they were more threatening and did look like they were they had a chance of scoring more points than the titans did but also that comes back to a bit of um the the defensive reads from the outside backs of the titans um this yeah as I said, they they kicked into gear but it was as it was only for 10 15 minutes and they looked like they were the team from five or six years uh, five or six weeks ago where they were putting teams to the sword and scoring a lot of points on the edges but um it, as i mentioned it came off the back of there was a couple of really good charges through the middle with um, talakai Katoa, um, just getting up and through the ruck in the middle. Teague Wilton did offer something, but I agree with Gump there. He's starting to get in the way, especially on that left-hand side. Um, and everything Gump mentioned, actually, the everyone that he picked out and blokes that seemed to just get in, in the way of the ball play and it, it kills the attack. Sharks um, seemed to just switch off after they did score their points and to me, there's been three or four games this year where they look like they get out to a lead and they want to try and defend their way to the win. Um, they just basically give up on all their attack. And it's obviously something that Fitz is trying to push with the team where you're going to be in positions where you're just going to have to hang on. But they try too much to slow the ruck down when they start giving away stupid penalties and giving away field position. And they get themselves in trouble. And I think they've lost two of those games and just hung on the in the other two that I'm talking about. So... Yeah. Um, I think they really, this team just needs to play all out attack pretty much. Um, I don't think they can rely on their defense because their middle defense hasn't been as, the first couple of games of the year, their middle defense was really strong, but it's fallen away quite a bit recently. Um, Wallace was really Still good. Barn
1: yeah. Worried in some ways for them. And it probably isn't a bad problem to have because there's plenty of good players. But just the balance of the team, like I'm even thinking moving forward, Hamlin Ueli will come back into the team, which is yes. a good in, yep. and Fanukan will come back into the team. Absolutely. So who are you? Who who are they not? gonna pick.
3: Well, they're trying to shoehorn Trindle into this team for some reason. I don't well, understand I mean, that. And that's um, what I
1: mean. So they, 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 they're going to have Hamlin, Ueli and Finucane to come in. Yep. Are they going to stick loyal to Tolman and Wade Graham or blokes like that to prob- realistically?
3: Well, Graham will stay there. It'll be between Graham Tolman. Graham captain this week? Um, I'm not it was sure if it was actually, uh, but it'll be between Tolman and Fafita. I'm pretty sure that one of those two will make way. Well, I want to, I want to, I wanna, and I think they'll get rid of Trindle and just play the well, four wanna, forwards off the bench. The thing is, I want to, I want to
0: to elaborate on Gum's question a little bit because I was thinking the same thing because Will Candy's coming. But when's Will back? A couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He's back this week. I'm what is sure. so? So what? Is, what actually is Lockie Miller? Or was it three weeks? What is well, like, I think
1: he won't play. It looks him. like a half, just mate? Doing play it, him well, in front of Moylan.
0: Well, this is what I'm getting the way to. So, he was the the on thing the is, ball so so if you're going to say they're going, they're, to... They're, if, if you're saying their best option is all at attack, mm-hmm. they've got Lockie Miller, who's a touch player, yep. Connor Tracy, who's a touch player, Teague Wilton, yep. who I'm not quite sure what he is. But like they're, they're these, they're not quite anything, but they're, they're big players. players. Yeah. So what? So. It, should you then just play touch footy? Uh,
3: the that shouldn't have been the They're obviously. I, I, yeah, the and yeah, Nico's the tremendous at
0: it. So but I, as I, as I as agree if you. Put Lockie at six. Halves. I'd actually yeah, put I'd Miller, Miller at six. six. But it's a get they won't do it because now they've won eight games, or whatever. Yeah. They're with not going to gamble. No, of course. But put him at six. Put Kennedy at one. You might score forty yeah. points a game. You'll blow. You'll blow ten score teams off the field. In most
3: games, to be honest. Yeah. Look, um, look how elusive Lachlan Miller was. Every time he took the ball into the line, I know it's a bit different coming back from fullback, but he'd go around three players. He might run ten meters sideways, but he'd get around the yes, three guys, and then I mean. there's an opportunity on his actually, outside. Actually or would have him in his team before himself.
0: Wade Graham or before Matt Boylan, as I've said. So
3: he looks to me like he'd be a perfect fit for. So him put him at six, and you say you get, you're going to touch the ball four or five times, room. and when you do, yeah. you just pull something out your ass for us. Yeah. Yeah, he looks exactly like Moylan, except he's probably I don't twice know how he as quick, in and his foot, his foot works even better.
1: But we're eleven rounds into the comp. Yeah. I'm sure the coach knows right down their best 17, and it's hard mm. because they've got a lot of those bit players that you're not sure. Yeah who he's going for over someone else. Because when Finucane comes in, McInnes will be on the bench. Yeah. More than so there's, so there's, yeah. there's your one bloke that's not your big forward that you're going to play. Can, yeah. My argument is, can you play McInnes and Wade Graham and Wilton all in the same team? I don't think you can. Like, yeah. In terms of what they need off the bench. So I think decisions have got to be made as to this is our best 17 players and this is the way we're going to play. I still think that they've got a little bit of an identity crisis. And in terms of that, and look, I love Wade Graham, but there's got to become a point in time because in three weeks so far, he's been underwhelming do they bite the bullet and play Wade Graham in the middle and not playing? He can't play on an edge now. He, he's not the attacking threat now as a, as a ball runner that he was then. And you need edges like Nakora and Talakai and blokes like that, that are going to be threatening with the ball. So is, is he now a middle?
3: Yeah, he's he's probably a bench player at best. I, I don't see how he fits into the first grade team at the moment, to be honest. Well, yeah, and, and that's yes.
1: that. Look, I I still think they're a top fourteen, mm. but I think that they're spluttering around a bit with their identity.
3: Because you really, and Rudolph start. Um, Royce Hunt probably moves back to the bench. Nakora Wilton in the in the edge. I'd be even tempted to put McGinnis on an edge, to be honest. And, well, um, have Finnegan play lock, and then you've got your you've got we got Hunt on the bench toss up between Fafita and Tolman and then your other two sort of back rowers that you're going to find a spot for but yeah, it's it's a a different one.
1: They've got a lot of players that are the
3: same. Yeah absolutely they do. The whole back row is pretty much the same.
1: Yeah it's not a bad thing to have. You've got depth if one's not well you put another one in or they're injured like it's not a huge problem but I think that are there too many blokes there that are trying to do the same thing?
3: Yeah. Because, yeah, um, obviously uh, old mate fullback comes straight back in as well, which leaves Miller. And as I said, I'd probably, it's only been one opportunity with Miller and apparently he's always been a half in touch and rugby sevens. I feel like I would be wanting to crowbar Miller into this
0: 17 now. And so Trindle obviously goes straight out if that's the case. Fafita will go out um, once Ueli comes back, but,
3: I'd probably get Tolman to go out, to be honest, just because Fafita's a bit of a bigger body. And if you get telling me he just needs to make 12 hit-ups through the middle and that's all you want out of him, then, you know, it's going to be just as effective as Tolman's 20 hit-ups. Well, fifth so. tackle Tolman. I, uh, <laughs> does move. Anyway. I thought
1: maybe at would be different, but uh, uh, gets in the way.
3: I said Sharks seemed to want to slow things down and defend for the last 20 minutes, uh, 10, 20 minutes nah. of the game, and it didn't help him. Um, Tino was fantastic Wallace scored a couple of tries Which sort of made him look a little bit better than what he was But he was one of their stronger forwards as well um, Both Firmer and Leo Were good And as I mentioned last week That's the Titans starting forward pack And that's the forward pack they need to run with for the rest of the year Sexton was I thought Sexton was really good His kicking game was good But um, he needs to work on his um, passing game a little bit Masters had probably his best game for a couple of years as well And um, Campbell He's got a boot on him that little kid yeah, that floating bomb that he put up that went 50-60 meters in the air and floated all around the place. But um Rudolph was much better this week compared to what he was last week. I gave him a bit of a bake last week. Um the cora was okay. McGinnis, as Daggy's mentioned time and time again, his leg speed is so good. Um, even though he's a little bloat, he hits the line at such pace, he's just hard to handle. Um, Hines, Tracy and Miller were pretty impressive, but my man of the match was Braley. I thought he added a lot out of Hooker, especially close to the line when the Sharks didn't really seem to know what they were doing. He was the one telling the forwards where to go and he set up a try and um, gave some really good service out of there as well. And his defense is pretty good for a a small bloke at Hooker. I had um, Hines with the two points and then either Miller or Campbell for the one point. But I'm disappointed. I thought the sharks should, after that 15, 20 minute spurt, but I thought they should have won by a lot more. Should have pushed on with the game, but didn't. Yeah.
0: We could talk about. We'll save it for over a beer, but we could talk about the sharks all night. But um, we could probably talk about Titans all night too. But we should move on because the podcast has gone seven and a half hours. Um, yeah, I'm gonna Yeah, let's go with those points because um, obviously Nico would have got three in the Dallium, So let's go different. Three to three to Brayley, two to Nico, and one to Campbell.
3: Who, um... Ah, Lucky Mill. No. I can give the one to Lucky. That's a great debut.
0: Sure. But... We might not see him again for six weeks. Let's give him a point. We won't
3: see him ever again. Yeah. Well, not this year, but... <laughs> Him and he, the
0: pre match and everything else was beautiful with him. He's just so humbled to be playing NRL. And, Love the way he moves, man. You've um, got to find a spot for
3: him. He's an athlete. But, I'd, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yes. And, and there's blokes, and I said it about Sloan at the start of the year. There's these blokes you watch him move and you watch him in attack, and you think they he need was fantastic to be. under the
3: eyeball as well. Like, yeah. He didn't look like dropping one, I, I except would, for the one that he didn't that he let hit. The ground, but...
0: If it was me, I would have him at six. I agree with you. I'd have him at six and just say, it's Nico's show, but when he gives you the ball... It's the exact same game as as what Morland's going to
3: play, and he's quicker and got better footwork. Imagine
0: all the times this year, and last year, and the year before, Morland would have got ball, and if he'd just been a bit quicker, something might have happened.
3: Would have run straight through a hole and probably
0: scored on his own.
1: Anyway. I agree. The only thing is we haven't really seen... Uh, Miller in defense. Frontline front front defense. Front line. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%. And, you know, sevens rugby, they think tackle something you take fishing. So <laughs> um, you, let's just see how he goes. Frontline defense. Before yeah, absolutely. I'll yeah. well,
3: check no, him into 14 to start uh, with. It's good to have you. Yeah. To it's good to have you me. back, gump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty. That's our review. Let's get to. Oh, let's start with a brave. Hey, who's got a brave for us this week? wants to go first? Yeah, Pompey. Pompey. Yeah. Pompey is uh, the gump. Ollie?
3: Oh, Ollie's muted. Oh, sorry. I forgot <laughs> to myself.
2: Kind of fitting, isn't it, that I muted myself for that whole little thing there? Um, uh, I'm going to break the Titans. Uh, no further comment.
0: Wow. Okay.
3: Fine. I had Pompey. Um, he couldn't do anything right for the entire night. But um, the, the worst performance was South Sydney's defence. That's definitely not worthy of first grade. Probably would have got touched up by a few reserve grade sides as well. So South's defensive line.
0: Know, I'm going to pull out a big fish, a big fish, Braith, and say Cody Walker. Honestly, he's gone from he would so a club would have signed him for a million bucks at the start of the year. he would be Probably. lucky to get a contract next year. As I said, new Corey Norman. Um, (laughs) You did say that last week. (laughs) Have we got a...
3: Who's got a slap for us, Barn? I'm going to slap um, the Storm. I don't know why they're so far off at the moment, but their form has just gone out the window and... They um they need to really look at their middle defence and um so their go forward their go forward's been pretty woeful out of their forwards for large parts of the year as I mentioned which has been papered over off um, some of the work that their outside backs have been doing. Ollie, Hello. yeah, um,
2: <laughs> well I'm gonna slap South Sydney because that defence they somehow managed to be a worse defensive team than the Titans on the weekend and they're just horrible. I would be very interested, without Latro and Cam Murray coming back, they can stay away. Very interested in a Titans versus Rabidos game this weekend. Not due to the quality on show, but who would actually
0: win? Well, they're playing the Tigers this weekend. That is, like, like they're not how, how excited am <laughs> I? <laughs> 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 They'll beat us by 40 because Cam Murray's back. Uh, I'm going to slap Michael in this because, fuck him, it, it was a week that finally broke me. Michael Innes. Majestical is not a fucking word, Michael Innes. Um, And the rest of uh, whoever sent the mem earlier in the week that uh, people that shout at you during the footy, one, you misses, two, Michael Innes. It's just like, my God, it's bad commentary.
1: Anyway, come. Jade knock and bore, slap, <laughs> slap. He should have been
0: braced. I should have braced him, actually.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, Pompey was worse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do?
2: Hey, Gump, I've got a business proposition for you. Why don't we go halves in an island and put Jade Ockenbaugh and, and Jermaine Osako on said island forever?
3: Yeah, i right. film them in a fight to the death. Well, maybe, okay.
2: <laughs> no,
0: whatever. I didn't think Osako was that bad this week. Yeah, I thought he was okay. Yeah. yeah, fair finish on a good one, as they say in cricket pylons. You got a salute for us, Gump.
1: I'm gonna salute. North Queensland Cowboys, they're the real deal and I'm going to salute them and I hope this week that they put up a really good showing against the Penny Panthers and we get just a good game of footy and the Cowboys are where we think they are so that Ollie doesn't feel bad. Or feels good that they might be really shit, and he's justified. But at least now, if <laughs> they get close to Penrith, he can probably move on and and get over it and say, "Okay, we were wrong, and they're a good team."
0: I do love this um, blossoming love affair between you and Ollie too. It's tremendous. It's it, it, ah. it brings joy to my heart. It's he he's like the son you never wanted. Oli, if you got a salute.
2: Oh look. Um, I'm actually going to salute Brisbane and it's kind of um, the antithesis to my whole Cowboys rant because at the start of the year That's a Michael Ennis word Well, there wasn't enough O's in it True.
1: Um,
0: Antithesis um,
2: Yes, the antithesis um, because at the start of the year I tip Brisbane to finish eighth I feel like that was the one that might have been my most risky prediction until the Cowboys decided to be good, but I felt like that was going to be my most risky prediction. Uh, It's probably the one I copped, at least online, from what I saw the most backlash. But not only are they going to finish in the top eight, possibly top four. So I'd like to thank the Brisbane Broncos for making me look smart. They have cancelled out the Cowboys, and I am what I always have been now, and that is mid. (laughs)
0: mid Old mid-strength Oliver. For the record, record, I, I was
3: with him too. Barn? Oh, yeah, as you mentioned, mate, all the, everything that was around locking Miller's debut, I thought he was fantastic. Um, didn't put a foot wrong and um, lit up the field a couple of times there, just um, making it really hard for anyone to get hold of him. I enjoyed watching his debut. So. You know it is? Is just sort of like you just want to see
0: play next week so you can watch him because something yeah, will happen. And he might get smashed. He might get fucked up. He might
3: put on three <laughs> tries. But I just want to about every it. time he touched the ball, mate, it looked like it was, you know, the... There was two or three blokes that couldn't touch him before someone tackled him, so
0: I'm gonna uh, and change my salute here a bit, but um you mentioned him earlier. Uh Joe Galway maybe the most underrated player this year in terms of at least in Tiger Town. He's been outstanding all year, probably borderline origin quality, but the stats he produces every week. Uh, the super coach points he rolls out for those that have him. He's been outstanding and doesn't get mentioned at all anywhere ever. So I'm just going to mention him now. So there you go. Anything else we need to mention? Good. Yes. It's been 40 and frothy's review show. Thanks for sticking around for the three hours. We'll be back tomorrow night to look at round 12 of the NRL and discuss our origin teams. Uh, good to see you, Gump. Good to have you back on board. Hope you're feeling better tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, you other fellas, yeah, here around as well. It's good. <laughs> it's always nice. Yeah. But um, take care, guys. Check out uh for all the good gear there. That fine shirt Ollie's wearing there, the beanie Barney's got on. And also check out uh, our socials, Facebook, Insta, YouTube now. You can find us there. And uh, plenty more going on. Talk to everyone soon. Take care, guys.